Welcome back to Talking Flick, where we talk about anything and everything, but mostly movies and TV. Today, as always, I have my co-host, Ryan and Nick. You've reached the voicemail of Garbage Boy. <laughs> Please leave your message after the, I'm back, and you can't keep me down. Can't keep them down. <laughs> That's the best one yet. <laughs> I, I really don't know what else to say to that. <laughs> I never know what it is, so I'm truly always surprised by it. So, But Nick, are you okay? No. But thank you for asking. <laughs> no, but thanks for... <laughs> this is a great Robert Downey Jr. performance. That was beautiful. Yeah, that was nice. Maybe yeah. the yeah. best pre-Iron Man, or maybe it's Tony Stark before Iron Man. This is where he really hones it in. You know, uh, so when, I I was, when I was watching, I'm just like, wow, you've got Peter Parker's both, you know, uh, father yeah. figure roles yeah, in weird. there. Yeah. You know, you got Iron Man Mysterio, and then like three-fourths of the movie, I'm like, oh, hey. Bruce Banner's in this too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a lot, a lot green, of the Marvel but... Universe in Zodiac. It's kind of weird. I'm pretty certain that this movie was part of the Marvel MCU. It probably is. <laughs> I think yeah. it's in canon. It's yeah, in I canon think that's for confirmed. sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's the 60s. <laughs> Arthur so. Lee Allen is uh, Doctor Doom. I think yeah, we figured that, that out. Doctor, so, yeah. It's scary yeah. Doctor Doom. That's the X, for sure. The X Men yeah. never caught the Zodiac killer. They never did. Yeah. All right. So let's go ahead and jump straight into movie news. Big thing I got: Comic Con 2020 is officially canceled. Oh man. Kind of knew that that's was going to happen. Big. Of course, it's due to the coronavirus, but yeah. that's yeah. one that think, probably should be canceled. I think from canceled. now on, uh, the news is what's not canceled. Yeah, what's tell not us, canceled. Tell us what's actually <laughs> happening, and so then we'll keep it going. What they're going to do, uh, it gets back there every year, so of course they've got to do it because everybody's neck to neck in Comic-Con, yeah, especially I'm there in San Diego. I'm pretty certain that Comic-Con yeah. is like the breathing ground for all diseases. Yeah, it's got to be. <laughs> Either meat factories so. and Comic-Con. Those are the two hot spots. So, but Marvel Studios, what they're going to be doing is they're going to be hosting an online version of this where they can show their promotions for their upcoming movies oh, so okay. don't That's worry cool. nerds yeah. you're still gonna get your sneak peek so you know <laughs> just letting that out there you're still gonna get content to whatever the eternals are up to and, and just whatever. have a, like just <laughs> get a bunch of trash cans that are full and then put that in your room and then you'll have the comic-con experience yeah there you go that's all you need right there so <laughs> yeah but i'll definitely be checking in as far as like with their online content because i that's the thing from comic-con i trailers. always like seeing yeah mostly the trailer we care trailers. about like the yeah. sneak peeks the trailers that's yeah yeah i like seeing what's coming up uh, i mean i'll check if some cosplay outfits here and there, but yeah. I'm not going to be creepy about it. No, that, sounds, that sounds pretty creepy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Check out the guys, too. What's the problem? All the Laura Croft uh, cosplayers. Listen, those and knives the, in my uh, trunk were because uh, I killed yeah. a chicken earlier. The all Mortal right? Kombat ones. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a great, it's a great community. So, <laughs> well, What was you saying, Nick? The more flesh, the better? That's yeah. right. That is correct. Yeah. Verified. <laughs> that's, that's Nick right there. It's right on his blog, too. Right in the title. The more flesh, the it's better. It's in the header. Yeah, it's yeah. in the header. Is that good for the Zodiac it's in a cipher, yeah. actually. But you gotta, if you can decipher it, then good you can for decipher you. it. Kills in there, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's my name, kill. too. My name is in there, full name. So, uh, since the quarantine, we talked about before, uh, Kevin Smith has been working on all of his various projects that he's kind of started but not fully finished, like The Clerks 3, and of course, one of them being Marat's sequel. Yeah. yeah. So, apparently, he only has 20 pages left to his screenplay, which is gonna be called Twilights of the Mall Rats, which will be the sequel to the first Mall Rats. Okay. And all right. its whole idea is gonna, it's gonna explore the end of mall culture. So all the malls closing like, down, like people that, kind yeah, of yeah, sure. there. Okay. Um, I don't also, necessarily trust him with sequels. We've kind of established he's not the greatest. Yeah, sequel he's not yet, always the greatest, but I do like seeing these characters come back. Too. I yeah. do, I really do. The last thing he made, the Jane Silent Bob reboot, that was definitely ooh, <laughs> that was that was rough to watch. But it is yeah. nice to see all those characters go back. But it is also going to deal with other topics such as unemployment in America and even how the current pandemic is affecting the economy. So I guess he's going to wow. throw in Corona mm, stuff into the next mall rats movie that he's planning on doing but i like that angle of just kind of exploring as far as mall culture 
and just where it completely just stopped, where people just stopped coming in. I think you've got Wonder Woman 1984, which is going to cover it, and we had Stranger Things covering it. Yeah, and it's like that's the peak right there. And, yeah, and it's super it makes me super nostalgic when like that was the place to go and hang out. You're not even buying anything; you're just walking around in circles. Yeah, just, mm-hmm. you know, dirty teenagers. Yeah, that, that was the thing. It was always <laughs> dirty viruses. teenagers. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it was always dirty teenagers, but. That's a good way to do it. If you're going to do a Mallrats sequel, why not explore that route? You know, I and because it's relevant still. You yeah. know, it still definitely is. But I find that interesting—the rise and fall of of malls. Like, yeah, <laughs> I can't believe it happened in my lifetime. Basically, yeah, it'll it'll never. I don't see it ever being at its height like it oh, used yeah, to man. be. No, like no it's just, just no way. Yeah. Ever since you know the internet. Yeah, just, thanks a lot, way. Jeff Bezos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and Amazon. So. <laughs> <laughs> Let your workers pee and poop. And <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> unionized come on <laughs> jesus he's like oh no not not there <laughs> not in basis's court like <laughs> all right so uh back to marvel we actually got a look at the concept art of bruce campbell as mr sinister so since sam raimi is going to be taking over doctor strange 2 somebody just had to throw a concept art of bruce campbell just dressed up as somebody okay. we don't know if that it's just a little fun thing that they threw up there i actually put a picture of it it looks pretty good with bruce campbell as it because you'd have to do mainly prosthetic yeah yeah i mean it's something I feel that like, could be done correct so. me if i'm wrong tyler I don't, I don't remember if you were a bigger fan of these movies or not but um amazing spider-man was there a was there like a little spoiler to mr sinister in there i feel like there was um, a little easter egg really there no? was a sort of uh, Mr. Sinister, Mr. Sinister type of thing in X Men Apocalypse, I believe it was. Oh, so there was, there was, was, I think there was, okay. a, it was a post credit thing where they were taking, I believe, either Wolverine's blood or Jean Grey and Cyclops' yeah, blood. I can't that remember. More correct. But okay. that was tied into Mr. Sinister stuff. Apparently, we were supposed to get, I think it was John Hamm as Mr. Sinister. And then oh, he would have been a movie. great Mr. Sinister. So <laughs> apparently, like, he would have nailed that, it. That oh, I see the concept there. art. That looks all yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. it doesn't look, look bad. bad. It doesn't yeah. look bad. I so mean, are like you guys looking at the Photoshop one? Yeah, or? yeah the yeah. Photoshop yeah. one. Yeah, okay. the, yeah, it's just yeah, that one's definitely not too bad. But also too, you know, even with those original Tobey Maguire movies, Sam Raimi, he always had you know Bruce Campbell in those movies. Of course. And so it was kind of like a little like you had that's where his buddy. You had Stan Lee in those Marvel movies, and then of course you had Stan Lee in the Peter Parker Tobey Maguire franchise. But then you also had Bruce Campbell. Later on, Which makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> you know why not have a new sort of Stan Lee type thing, but with Bruce Campbell. Yeah. But uh, it was it was definitely with that Tobey Maguire franchise where Bruce Campbell's character he was supposed to be Mysterio. So like mm. Spider Man Four would have opened up with Bruce Campbell's Mysterio being arrested by Tobey Maguire's Spider Man. I did so. not like the Mysterio we ended up getting. Oh, yeah. with Jake Gyllenhaal. Mr. Gyllenhaal. Yeah, I have not seen that movie yet. Yeah. What, what do you think I, of that Mysterio? No, I think it's fun. Mm, I think he's a good I Mysterio. I mean, you liked him more first, than I yeah, did. I liked it more than you did. So yeah. I think he's a good mystery. I think that movie deserves a second rewatch for sure. So, maybe so. Maybe so. Yeah. I think I caught like 10 minutes of it on some channel, but uh, I didn't watch the whole thing. So. They're, they're still fun. Yeah. So they're still <laughs> definitely fun to have. Um, other movie news I got. So Darren Aronofsky, director of Black Swan, Wrestler, and Mother, uh, he revealed how Joaquin Phoenix helped kill his 2000s Batman movie. I read this article. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. after Batman and Robin, Warner Brothers looked at giving the Batman franchise just kind of a darker tone in general and just away Freddie from Prince Batman Jr. Robin. I, yeah, I, I exactly. ride for that. Yeah. I would have loved his so, Bruce Wayne. <laughs> so, <laughs> it would have been amazing. Oh, I don't been... know. Freddie Prince Jr., yeah. So no, they, it would have been a romantic been. comedy. <laughs> exactly what I want out of my Batman movie. She's movies. all that. She's yeah. all that meets Bruce Wayne. So, <laughs> so Warner Brothers, they were looking to take a darker tone with it. And so they decided to go with Aronofsky. Because uh, he just came off Requiem for a Dream. But 
he wanted to, Aronofsky wanted Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah. So it he was wanted based Joaquin off year Batman. one. So it yeah. would have been kind of what we got in Batman Begins, which was uh-huh. also based off something of that same script. Um, but I don't think he was right for that. Franchise. I mean, with Joaquin Phoenix or any of it, I think Aronofsky, Joaquin. I don't think it would have worked. I don't know. It's no? it would have been darker. I think it would have. I don't know. Man. I think because you're going from Batman and Robin. Well, you also had Frank Miller actually was going on board to write the script too as well. Oh, really? So you actually had Frank yeah. Miller. It was wow. inspired off Frank Miller's year one comic strip. Yeah, yeah. And then you had Frank Miller who was actually coming on board that to help with awesome. the writing. And then yeah. you would have Joaquin Phoenix as the lead as far as Bruce Wayne. But the main issue was Aronofsky saying, you know, I want Joaquin Phoenix. And the studios are, you know, they're pushing for Freddie Prince Jr. Mm. And so Aronofsky's kind of just like, well, we're making two completely different yeah. movies. And it ended up killing just the idea of it. Little did um, they know that he became the Joker. Yeah, exactly. In another, <laughs> in the worst universe can or imagine, whatever it is. In the, <laughs> can imagine in the Joaquin timeline. Phoenix's Joker versus Heath Ledger, or Joaquin Phoenix's Bruce Wayne versus Heath Ledger's Joker. Yeah. Wow. It would have been cool to see that and sort of dream about it. But Ultimately, I don't think Aronofsky was right for Batman, and I don't think Joaquin Phoenix is. I don't think yeah. he's right for Joker, I mean, let alone. Bruce eventually, Wayne. they kind of went into you know that middle ground with Christopher Nolan's franchise, Which I think of the Dark Knight. I actually really yeah. like Batman Begins. Yeah, I think that movie is maybe the third you best Batman movie. A million other people, yeah, like <laughs> it's a good movie. People, people will ride for Batman Begins. It's been a while since I've seen it, but everybody usually rides for the Dark, Dark Knight. Knight yeah. Everybody, yeah, yeah. that's like. <laughs> If Warner Brothers ever had a time where it's like, we're at our peak, it was just the Dark Knight. And then they killed it with the Dark Knight Rises because that was, yeah. But they're all Nolan, same continuity, most of the same screenwriters, same director the whole way through, Mm -hmm. same Batman. So it had the continuity that they didn't have before that. I do think, like, do you think it's a clean trilogy, those three Um, movies? I think it's. I think it's a pretty clean trilogy. Definitely the third one, The Dark Knight Rises, that's that's where it stumbles. And I think maybe they should have went a different direction than Bane for sure. Um, or but make Bane too, better. <laughs> yeah, make Bane better also. But I think what hurt that franchise was the first two movies are pretty good. And I think the reason why the third one didn't hit his home or didn't do as well is because from the start, Nolan has said no superheroes, right? He's just like, this is nitty gritty. So no superheroes, no, yeah. nobody with no superpowers. Power. Yeah, that's, which that's, is that's really weird. Yeah. And that's kind of just oh. the whole point of far. Like, I get not doing the superpower thing, but, you know, that's kind of where Batman really shines the most, where he's just a regular guy going against, you know, yeah. these gods, you know. So. But then again, he's not the world's greatest detective in those movies. No, he is not. Yeah. I still get confused about the bullet casing <laughs> scene every time it happens. It's really so, weird. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> every every time the bullet casing comes, happens, like appears, I'm just like, I don't get what they were trying to get. No, with this. no like, superpowers <laughs> in the Tim Burton two either. I mean, with yeah. Batman and Batman Returns. So I don't know that that's that, you know. I think that Hollywood at that time Yeah, but was you're, basically... bi- you're biased towards 89, though. Uh, maybe so. Yeah, maybe yeah we, we, we both know you ride really well you I know, love 89. 89. I know it's you the really best like one, it. that's why. Yeah, I know you really like it, but, you know, we haven't... What other Batmans have we gotten where there's, like, really good I, but with superpowers? You know what and it I is? I, here's sort here's of I think Affleck, the difference. But... Yeah. <laughs> you guys are the comic fans, and I, I'm not sure that I'm that saturated into the comics. I've read a ton of Batman comics in my time. I don't usually like him commingled with the Justice League and with the people with superpowers because it kind of points out his flaws. He's just a no. guy in a suit. Whereas, and... like when he's just facing the Riddler or something, you get the greatest detective. You nope. get a little bit of the cunningness. You get a little bit of the. But I know. think that's what is highlighted when he is working yeah. with the Justice League because he is the world's greatest detective. He's a strategist. He yeah, figures out plans. I, yeah. I don't know. You, man. you get you get more fleshed out, of course, like in the animated series than you do with the movies. But when he's working with the Justice League or those people, you know. 
it shows that even he the animated on series, a level. it's like 70% not superpowers. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's because it's just Batman animated series. And when I, you go into the Justice League where he actually works with them, yeah, he's I, able to showcase I, a lot I really of stuff. believe that there's a, there's a flaw here in terms of like, can no one's really kind of cracked the code on how they co-mingle together in a movie. Yeah. It hasn't been done. I don't know that George Miller's movie would have worked out. I'm not sure Darren Aronofsky could have pulled it off. He's so grounded and gritty. That seems weird. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Tim Burton, maybe if it kept going, but I'm not, I'm not sure so, it works. So, yet. so far Maybe in an animated movie, I don't, I don't, yeah, it animated movie, you're able to, but kind in a of, regular yeah. movie, it, it's, it hasn't yeah. worked yet. A- so, as movie guys, you guys have seen all of the Batman movies that have come out. In, yeah. In honest, recent yeah. yeah. Maybe so, except for the sixties kind of, uh, I saw that. Series. No, I own that. Yeah, I didn't no, my DVD show. Now, okay. <laughs> does Shark Batman, repellent. it's amazing. <laughs> now does Batman, does Batman just seem like a guy with a lot of money? Um, because in the cartoons, yeah, in the I, cartoons and no, comics, he's, he was like more a, than that. He was he's more a genius, than, like yeah. it's his genius level, sort of. He's a broken man. But do they do they obsessed with cri- fighting crime? Because I would say of killing of his parents. But do they highlight him? that genius in him? Not as much. I would say with live action, they don't highlight the genius as much because there's not usually a I didn't case believe where Christian you have to Bale show it. Yeah. Because <laughs> you don't really need the full genius aspect if you're just dealing with low-level so, criminals. So, so in the Justice League movie, what I wanted to ask was, it just seemed like, oh, Batman was the person that brought everyone together, but only because he has money and he feels that it needs to be done, as opposed to him with a brilliant mind thinking, oh, this would be I see In those defense. movies, I see him more as the bridge between like the gods, the new gods, and yeah. the humans, because he's a human. So he's the guy who can kind of wrangle him in. Well, it's not done that well, but I see what you mean. Well, you know, the other thing with the animated movies, there's not a lot of background there, whereas Hollywood movies give you the fucking origin story over and over and over again. Yeah, I don't know why. Every time, every time, right? Yeah, so, I mean, the animated movies have the, the... the, the the lucky sort of aspect they can just jump right in yeah and I think that that's why like we just accept it because it's a cartoon it doesn't bother us but in a Hollywood movie it's going to be you're going to be more critical with it I think a lot of people were critical of BBS with the 30 minute opening of Batman oh my god you know yeah. it's pretty fucking long so. <laughs> I think the the best animated one that shows kind of just how like dangerous Batman is is the Justice League Doom it was a mm. 2012 animated I saw movie that yeah, yeah. and that is one where Batman has a contingency plan for everybody yeah yeah and then of course it gets breaking out and so it just he breaks Flash he breaks Green Lantern you know he almost kills Superman you know from these contingency Wonder plans yeah, 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 yeah exactly. he's got a plan for everybody he's got a plan for everybody so I mean there's ways they can show that in live action just how intelligent how smart he really is and I feel like that shines the most when he's competing against people who have superpowers who are obviously outmatching exactly. him. Exactly, yeah, yeah. When you're dealing with villains on the same level as you as far as, like, no superpowers, you, there's not really a time to show that as much because it's just, you know, you're dealing with your Bane who's really buff and that's really about it. That's the only thing. And <laughs> Bane can be grounded. Yeah. Nolan makes Bane grounded because it's not really the stuff that's pumping into his veins. Which is right. him, like, did. 400 pounds or whatever. <laughs> yeah. He's got, like, the crazy air can. And whatever. with his trilogy, but, you have to, you have yeah. to, because that's the whole thing yeah. of it. So, I mean... But see, Marvel, because of their tone... But then they punch his back into place. It is a little yeah, bit. <laughs> <laughs> you know? yeah, there's, there's problems. I'm not saying all of them have problems. <laughs> Again, pretty, the Dark Knight has problems, too. I'm, I'm pretty that sure that's medically accurate. <laughs> what I would say is, like, Marvel's tone is more conducive to the commingling of your Batman, which is Iron yeah. Man you know, co-mingling these people with superpowers and making it work right. somehow. 
DC's darker, grittier. I've always said DC's got stronger villains. Oh, yeah. They're more murderous. They're more scary. Um, so I think because of that, it's harder to co-mingle like the Green Lantern with Bruce Wayne. Yeah. I don't know that it works. And we have to really see it. Y- you are right. They haven't really fully cracked the code yet it, yeah. for live action for yeah. mixing that, you know, as well. Close. Maybe they've come close. What's I don't the know. closest, though? I don't <laughs> I'd know. I'd say Schneider gets close. He gets oh, close. I, don't I mean, <laughs> just because you have the characters doesn't mean you get close. Like, yeah. I, Wonder I, Woman. Okay. It sounds like he's... Patty Jenkins. By the way, the end of BVS with Wonder Woman, Batman, and uh, uh, who's working with uh, Superman working oh, Superman. together? Yeah, like okay, it kind of worked for a minute there. In little pockets, it works. Okay. Yeah, it, it sounds so. like he's close by default. Basically. Yeah, just by, so <laughs> you might be right about that. You but use still, the characters; you're close enough. Here's the thing: you can't really experiment lots of versions of it because it's so effing expensive to make yeah. these things. Yeah. Well, my thing with it, I think you can do that. and You can blend that well. It's just I think Snyder, his and I've talked about it before, his biggest thing was throwing every single major comic book plot he did, line into one movie. Here's the thing. It so we can expensive. focus on the bad things in those Snyder movies, and there's plenty of them, believe yeah. me. I'm with you on that. But I never would have thought Wonder Woman works on the big screen. Right. Almost zero chance. And he nailed it first and Patty Jenkins took it home. Yeah. It works, man. It just works. Like it's maybe my most like I want to see 1984 really, really bad. And it sucks that I can't go to the movies to see it. Yep. Um, so, you know, things can get done. You know, Marvel sort of cracked the code. I'm somewhat surprised how well it works. Not perfectly, but it can be done. We just haven't seen it yet. So. Right. And I'm pretty sure Aronofsky wouldn't be the guy to do it. I feel <laughs> like at that point in the teeth, it would have been I saw too Mother. dark. Did you see Mother? I did oh. not see Mother. I feel bad for Jennifer Lawrence. <laughs> I, I think that broke up their relationship. <laughs> they were dating and I was like, why'd they break up? And I saw that and I'm like, eh, I get that it. That makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. Aronofsky, like that is something that it would have been interesting to see. You know what I mean? In a different, uh, like, it would have been interesting. Yeah, I to think see we what have a different opinion it. on what's interesting. See, I hold we, but we all hold these characters close to our heart. They mean a lot to us, right? right. So I don't really want to experiment with a Batman and have it just a one-off and fail grossly. Even though it's an interesting watch, like oh, we're gonna give it to George Miller just to see what he can do with it. Yeah, okay, I'm interested. But if he destroys the character for six years running and takes down a studio because it costs five hundred million dollars to make, that's not a good thing either. So mm-hmm. that's why, like the Nolan movies, that's sort of like an in between for me. I don't don't like him as much as the Burton movies. Maybe they're overall better than the Schneider movies, but it's not really my Batman in there. So, mm-hmm. but we got a compromise between what the studio and what people, the comic fans kind of wanted. And that's why it kind of worked. So I, I just don't know. There's really no great answers here. Not to mention each time you get a new version of it, it's more, it gets more and more old, you know? So yeah. You got to come up with a new hot take on it, the whole thing. Because what annoying. is it now where, do we know what your, uh, Batman taking year place two or something or, uh, like that, what, what decade what sorry what decade oh, uh, Robert know. Pattinson I think, I think it's, it's the 90s know, is man. it the 90s I thought yeah it was the 90s the 90s or the new 80s so <laughs> <laughs> why it moved really why? fast why? yeah it moved really fast Stranger Things was the 80s slap and bracelet then... <laughs> <laughs> all right you guys got anything for movie news uh I had a couple things I thought that the J.J. Abrams executive produced uh, he's going to be the man behind the curtain for the Justice League Dark HBO Max series. They're moving forward with that. I don't thing. know. Abrams. So I know you're not happy yeah. about it, but you're going to get it whether you like yeah, it or not. I like it. <laughs> Just like Rise of Skywalker. So we're going to start to hear. <laughs> my guess is we're going to start to hear casting news pretty soon because they're moving okay. forward with that thing. So it'll be like a Watchmen sort of limited series kind of deal, and we'll see how it goes. Yeah, we'll um, see because Abrams hasn't been my favorite, you know, nah, in neither, a while. I mean, I still really love the first Star Trek. You know too, what I mean? Like it's still it, very, I like all very three, good, actually. but it's just. 
it's so weird when you see somebody turn out something so good and then all of a sudden, <laughs> you know what I mean? You just get the rapid decline, you know? He's not going to be the director, I don't think. Or maybe, we, I guess we don't know. Maybe he'll direct a couple of the episodes. But I think because there'll be more people involved, maybe that's some sort of saving grace to it. Okay. Uh, and it's HBO. And, you know, HBO rarely... Yeah, HBO oh, yeah. 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 Pretty, so. HBO, yeah. Like, anytime something HBO is attached to, it gives me a little bit more confidence in me the too. property that they're doing. <laughs> me too. So, but Just like UPN. <laughs> just like UPN. Exactly. Just like UPN. No, <laughs> not like that. <laughs> I love the Proud family. Was that on UPN? That was on UPN, right? Uh, I don't remember. I don't remember. Uh, no, that was on Disney. That was on Disney? That was on Disney. What was on UPN? Uh, uh, Wayne's Brothers. Wayne's Brothers was on UPN. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. right. That's right. I remember that. Yeah. Oh, thank God I mean, that's over. <laughs> who, who would you pick to do the Batman movies? I know we're getting back on it, but like, who would you pick? Um, I mean- We've had this discussion before. I'm not totally sure. It depends. Do you want the Batman movies in an extended universe or do you want Batman movies that are just Batman movies? I want them Because I really to, think they're two different things. I want them to work as like where you can watch them by themselves, but they have hints as far as to a wider universe. So I want them to make a really good movie first. If where you they can have work it into Batman live in the same world as Superman, there are a lot more questions there. So yeah. I kind of feel like the Nolan trilogy and to some extent the Burton trilogy, although there were some plans there to commingle there later yeah. on with Superman lives or whatever. Mm -hmm. But uh, I, I do think like they're kind of two different things. So I need to know, is it going to be an extended universe is he going to be the leader of the justice league or is it just batman and his villains i would say and maybe some tertiary characters. i would say it would have to be it, you'd have to have both i mean why can't you have both where it's they have their own box their yeah, own pocket really stories don't. but it yeah. can still extend to the wider I, universe i so. want to see kevin smith try batman because he's yeah. written he's written for uh, batman yeah he's written for yeah. them yeah. He did superman yeah. doomsday the, yeah yeah the his superman yeah. lives script is legendary to a certain extent in hollywood uh -huh. although it got so reworked by so many people it's hard to figure out what was his and yeah, what was somebody else's it's not, so. Yeah. So. Uh, but i don't know that he's a great shepherd we saw what his comic book movie was it was daredevil and it was pretty shitty <laughs> did he so. did he write daredevil or he, <laughs> he wrote that i believe so oh, yeah. man. I don't oh, know. That was that's his, so, pretty that's his good. movie, man. It they was, showed uh, Electra. <laughs> I, I, I heard some. I heard something really funny about you know because Daredevil and then the Fantastic Four they were part of Fox for a good while. Yeah, yeah. And so um, the whole reason why they made that Fantastic Four movie, the one that really tanked Josh Trank's one, was because basically they have a shelf life with these copyrights so yeah, you yeah, have yeah. to pull out a I know, movie it was, it was mark steven johnson oh Mark. okay okay so he is in the movie though Kevin he's Smith. in the yeah, movie so. yeah i thought it was one of his treatments maybe there's a script car wash that that thing yeah he through. plays a more he plays a mortician in that yeah, so okay oh, but anyway so um there's this deal basically with fox where they have to turn out a daredevil movie or a, or a fantastic four movie every so many years yeah, or they yeah. lose the rights to it they had to do that with spider-man too i think they had to do it with spider-man yeah, too but they were always to... planning on making spider-man movies but fantastic four and daredevil they just would shelve them until they had to actually make them which is garbage and so i think at the time marvel or marvel disney had actually uh offered as far as to fox like hey if you go ahead and exchange the daredevil movie rights to us you don't have to make a fantastic four like franchise movie you can just hold off on it for a little while if you just lend us Daredevil, and they still said no. <laughs> it's crazy, it's crazy how much Hollywood will destroy that kind of stuff. And Rights so, are so important. And it's so crazy because, and there was kind of talks with like Fox with doing some sort of like interjection with the, those Fantastic Four movies, the older ones with Chris Evans and Jessica Jessica Alba. Yeah, Jessica oh, Alba. Yeah. How could you mix Invisible Woman? Yeah, I know. <laughs> there, there were some talks about as far as mixing Fantastic Four, Daredevil, and of course even the X Men properties all together too, and making their own like extended universe. But it just it never got off the ground. I don't know. I don't know why it never did, but they just kept on just dishing out, I guess, X-Men Apocalypse we, is really We kind of have to remember so. that what Marvel did here was the first time we ever saw that. And the first yeah. time we certainly ever saw it work. And again, even to that extent, 
I've said I've been on record as saying most of the movies are just mediocre at best. Uh, they're fine, you know, but they don't blow me away. But because they build on each other, you get great movies like yeah. maybe Infinity War, Endgame, certainly Winter Soldier. So, you know, we haven't seen this a lot. I don't know that DC or my, I like DC better. I like their characters mm-hmm. better. I always have. But I don't know that the extended universe works. And until I see it work, it probably can't sort of, I can't figure out how much you got to pull back on the darkness to make it universal, to make enough money yeah. to keep it going. You, you have know, to find that middle part. ground. For, it's real yeah. hard to find. It's not an easy task, man. I mean, how many Batmans have we been through, right? So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how hard True. is it? True. George Clooney well, shouts. <laughs> whoever, whatever's happened with the new Batman, I don't know, the seven villains all <sighs> coming in at once. I, got, I don't know how I they're going to do that. I but got a hard time with all of it. Really. All I'm going to say is just don't interject too many, you know, plot lines. Don't do all you don't have to do all these plot lines you don't have to do all these famous comic book you know arcs all into one movie like take your time with it take your time yeah take your time and and you can think about an extended universe but make the one good movie at a time to make sure Mm -hmm. that that one works to answer your question if you really held a gun to my head and if you're gonna say extended universe because it's a huge caveat I would say John Favreau. John Favreau. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I would <laughs> at least be I, the shepherd of the thing. I've said it before too, where I like the idea of the the two director tag team. You me know, too. I'm okay with the Russo brothers. It would be yeah. a close second or third, probably. Oh so. yeah. And I would say have someone who's definitely in love with the material. Have someone and who's someone willing who's to go dealt with the scope before. Yeah. Mm. I'd say definitely have someone who's really creative, who wants to really branch out like your Kevin Smith, and then have somebody to kind of help dial it back in yeah, yeah. and actually, you know, make it work a little bit better, at least ground it a bit. I so. tell you what, we probably need a few more movies in but i really like that patty jenkins with the in uh, i am the night series can do different genres really really well mm-hmm. i wouldn't be uncomfortable with her taking batman and trying to lead it into a certain direction either no i wouldn't and i'm either. super looking forward to and i'm excited we're all excited yep. for 84 so yep. all right so today we're going to be doing david fincher's zodiac so this is definitely one of my personal favorites but before Classic. we really get into it uh spoiler warning for the entire movie so <laughs> if not you haven't seen it no i know who the zodiac spoilers. is yeah no, right, i gotta <laughs> hold it back oh, okay i right. gotta tell you guys a funny story about when we get into it <laughs> so right. uh so it's gary you... stewart's dad everybody knows that <laughs> <laughs> so if you haven't seen it all i'm saying is you should absolutely watch this movie oh, Please you know, watch it's not this yes yeah. it's not I, really anywhere but you can rent uh, it on youtube voodoo all that stuff yeah i think i don't want to jump on producer ryan's hot take but i will say this it was ranked third for me on realwatchability.com for the two 2000 to 2009 dec- decade mm-hmm. and it is top five of the 21st century i think i have it fourth that's a pretty impressive movie and i don't i'm never it's never worked to watch this movie it's all just right, very, right very rewatchable. i'm curious what's your reaction to this where's the crazy board there is no board <laughs> with a bunch of cutouts. circle yeah zodiac yeah <laughs> where's the strings leading up to different pictures Code and stuff breaker. like that circle that one instead he had a little crazy album with all of the cutouts but i want it on a board i want to be able yeah. to see you everything have a dry right away. You, yeah. you get a kind of hint as far as the craziness when you see him in the apartment but oh yeah that's just, you know that's and really when about he's with it. his kids they're writing stuff down as well but i'm working I, with some colleagues so. <laughs> i wanted to see a full-blown crazy board all right <laughs> Easy, dirty Harry. <laughs> uh, but this is this is definitely one movie where I'm always sucked into the story. Like when I watch it, oh, yeah. I get sucked oh, into the yeah. story, and even just the real life Zodiac case too, as it's well. A, yeah, you know? the case art imitates life, life imitates art. It's a huge circle, right? It's a perfect Zodiac circle, right? I think what happens is because of the <laughs> obsession with the actual case um, and Fincher, who is, as we know, just a crazy obsessive director. It's just this perfect lightning in a bottle, Tyler style uh, mm-hmm. marriage of two things coming together to present in a way that is entertaining, but also educational, also super, super haunting. Yeah. So, oh, yes. And apparently it's 
fairly accurate too. Like it's very, oh, yeah. there's only like certain things that are kind of missed, not really missed, but like as far as where it's different well, or that they tweak a little bit just for movie adaptation. We'll get and into so, it. I know we got to cover the numbers, but Vanderbilt and Fincher spent like God knows how long, 18 months, two years researching it prior to writing the screenplay. Yeah. I mean, so, you got it because it's just, just from watching it too, right. but we'll go really into it. But you know, David Fincher, he's definitely given us a lot of really just knockouts. This is our you know. second or third Fincher? This is, I think, second, our second. So seven and this? He's, okay. he's done other classics, of course, like Seven that we Social have Network, covered. Fight uh, Social Network, Fight Club. Um, so I haven't really seen Social Network yet, even though that's one you I will told me. That. Yeah, I, yeah, I know, that's one. It's on the I was scared list. to bring it up because you're just like, yeah, you're going to watch that now. Like, <laughs> so, so he's done a lot of just really properties that people really, really like and eventually become cult classics. But did this movie actually make any money, Nick? <laughs> All right. So you <laughs> want, you're asking about the numbers, yeah, right? Is that what numbers. you want? Okay. So the numbers. numbers for Zodiac, unfortunately, uh, uh, for most of the ones that we really, really ride for on Talking Flick, it is one of those things where Hollywood business and how you market a film doesn't always enter in it, how it ages, how its rewatchability goes forward, right? Zodiac cost $65 million to make in 2007 for like an adult crime horror serial killer. You know, Fincher likes to describe it as a newspaper procedural. Yeah, eh, I think it's a little bit more than that. But regardless, <laughs> you know, for that particular movie, they spent a lot on it. It was Paramount, I think, associated with Warner Brothers. Um, Fincher's first cut was three point, I think it was three hours and five minutes. This one ends up being 237. Even the director's cut was only like 240. So I wish it was I'm a, so glad for. it was supposed to come out in 2006 with that 305 marker. And they pulled it back because they said, you got to shave another 25 minutes off, which he ends up doing. But obviously it misses the 2007 Oscar season, has to go to 2008 and it doesn't get nominated, unfortunately. Oh, but money wise, $65 million budget. It made 33 million U.S. Significantly. Wow. So small wow. opening did not have a lot of staying power. Although the critics seem to like it for the most part. Overseas, it made 51 million. I think it won one of the film festival awards over over there in uh, France. I think it was the French one. Um, so 84, 85 million total box office run. It's had a nice run on DVD. It has multiple releases on DVD, including a director's cut. It's not the three hour plus one, but it's the, I think it's like 245. It adds yeah. like six minutes or so mm -hmm. to it. Uh, not significant. I've seen them both. Um, audience has it. You want to take a shot at the audience? Oh, I was surprised. I thought it would be reversed, but audience. I first. feel like audience has got to be in the eighty percent. I would have thought. Like, I think it's low high nineties. But, but what, what was your? You got a shot? You got a hot guess? Uh, I'll say, say four million. Uh, uh, yeah, I was about to say one hundred twenty million <laughs> in the audience. <laughs> no, I'd say about eight. Uh, 80s yeah yeah so i found it to be kind of odd audience was 77 percent critic critic 89 um it ranks like i think seven nine uh, metacritic so it's a little bit lower than i thought i would have thought like critic 85 audience 92 93 um mm -hmm. so i'm surprised that it, it hasn't aged perfectly well with the critics or the audience uh but for me it definitely stands the test of time and i think for fincher Hard to say. It's definitely in his core three of his great films. Um, I would put Fight Club, Social Network, and this in the group, in the bucket. Mm -hmm. uh, mostly I lean Fight Club. Then I sort of go to uh, this one, then Social Network, and then it shouts to seven after that. Um, but it kind of marries everything that Fincher does. So did it make a ton of mo money for him? Not really. Was it a huge studio hit? Not really. Does Fincher care? Probably not. He probably doesn't care. I mean, we're talking about it on Talking Flicks. So, I mean, that's the best <laughs> award right there. So, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so there you go. There you go, David there, Fincher. There, you're welcome. So, <laughs> I like to picture him at anything. home smiling. And it's like he writes something on a piece of paper. He hangs it up. Kill Talking Flick. Yeah. <laughs> before, before we kill the numbers, let me ask this question because I don't want to spend too much time on it later. He wanted this movie to be a miniseries at first. Oh. Uh, this is pre-Netflix. So, you know, he already did Mindhunter. We've seen what that looks yeah. like. And this was almost like a a, a, a a piece that's added to this movie, Mindhunter, that show. Um, so 
I think, do you think this movie works better as like an eight hour, eight episode thing? Or do you like what you got out of it? Um, For 2007 or for like current time? For for current time, I would take a series you over the movie. You prefer this as a series? But in 2007, I think this was the best way to do it was probably through a movie. So I, I don't- I still think movie. Yeah. I still think it works like this. I would like to see that three hour and five minute cut. It was never released. I want to see what the extra 25 minutes are. I agree, we only yeah. get the I would six minutes that as or well. whatever and it's not much. So I'm curious, like, what would he, what did he really like in that initial cut? So right, all right, we're just gonna take a quick break to hear from our sponsor. Dear editor. This is the murderer of the two teenagers last Christmas at Lake Herman and the girl on the 4th of July. I want you to print this cipher on the front page of your paper. He wants his code in the afternoon edition. Ray Smith, don't you have a cartoon to finish? The Zodiac Killer has come to San Francisco. Another letter. School children make nice targets. He gave himself a name. Greek. Morse code, astrological signs. This guy's used them all. I like killing people because man is the most dangerous animal of all. How does one do that? I like puzzles. I do them a lot. Got any hard suspects? About uh, 90 an hour. I'm up to around 500. You got four crime scenes. Not a single usable print. You can't think of this case in normal police terms. He's breaking the pattern. Glenda said you were a cartoonist. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what are you doing at a gun range? I just want to help. What are you, some kind of Boy Scout? Eagle Scout. All right, so Zodiac starts off on July 4th, 1969 with that opening, and it starts with the shooting of, I think it's Michael Majou or Magoo? Majou. Majou. They they announce it incorrectly on the radio, which is genius. They say like Mayhew or something. Yeah, I think that's Um, what they said. But it's Mike Majou. Majou. So you start with Which is Jimmy Simpson from Westworld. Yes, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Later on it is. The young version's a different guy. (laughs) <laughs> um, you start off with the shooting of Michael Majot and Darlene Farron, I think Darlene it is. Farron, yeah. yeah, so yeah. they they were the murders as far as with uh, Zodiac, but eventually there were they were the first, but there yeah. were other murders that happened prior to that that linked he, as far as with Zodiac. We, I don't know how deep we'll get into the actual case versus what's covered in the movie, but you know, it, with the letters, he says he killed thirty seven people. Investigators say seven confirmed. Of the seven, two survived. Those are the seven victims. And the both movie covers the males, right? That. Yeah, correct. Both males. Yeah. Yeah. So both the males. So I mean, even just with that opening scene too, because you have it where you know, and the guy I, looks I, so I weird always, too. He's such a good actor. I've Mike seen this Mijo movie maybe and, fifteen times, but I forgot the cold open. I forgot how he organized the film like that. So much of what I remember about the movie is like the middle and the th- last third. Mm-hmm. But the cold open is incredibly effective. It's slow. It's very, very cinematic. It's got like a sort of a Mad Men vibe to it, the way it's shot. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I didn't, I just was surprised that he leaned in as much as he did with Darlene for sure knowing who the person was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And because that ends up playing later on. Yeah, it's a major, act, so. it's a major it's a plot piece, thread yeah. when Robert Grace. Yeah. And it's historically accurate based on what, the, yeah. what Mike Majot says. So, I mean, so. that whole opening scene, because I don't know who the actor is who plays the young Michael Majot, but that guy just looks so yeah. young and he he's looks, so yeah. baby based. The girl I've, looks 10 years older than yeah, I've, <laughs> I've seen that guy. I like, I've seen that guy in a lot of different like, like shows. He's been around. Yeah. He's the been young around. actor or yeah, the, uh, the young older, actor? Oh, okay, the, the young, young actor. Version, yeah. And I was like, it's Lee Norris is his name. Okay. I, I, I can't remember what else he's but done. But I, I've definitely seen him. I've seen him before in other stuff and I'm like, oh, it's this guy. And I'm thinking, 
that guy could not get that girl. Really? Yeah, immediately. <laughs> immediately. Dang, so she is he's smoking. 38 years old now, which is pretty crazy. He's been in a couple of Fincher movies. You saw him in Boy Meets World, probably. Yes, He was probably. also on One Tree Hill. <laughs> probably a lot of that TV too. Work. He was in Gone Girl. What he plays f- one of oh, the cops in Gone, Gone Girl. Girl. Oh, yeah. really? Okay. Yeah, so he'd been around. Yeah, so I mean, even just with that opening too, like it's just, it goes where as far as like what they're talking with Darlene and then of course uh, Michael or Michael and then even so, like in real life, they I think Michael was 19 and Darlene was 22. So not a huge gap. Yeah. And then there's the mention of Darlene's husband, too, as well. Yeah, and yeah. of course, they talk about how popular she was later on. When Robert Graysmith, you know, investigating it. Who has but painting parties? That sounds like yeah, a that's terrible so weird. time. Yeah, sounds, <laughs> no, that, that's uh, what is that? Huckleberry Finn? So but they definitely play it really well where it's it's definitely that crime drama. But when they show the violence, you know, boy, do they show it. Oh, and yeah, it's man. So, it's so oh, different. Then, especially yeah. the second couple. The second couple, yes, absolutely. Oh, brutal, so just even just kind of jumped to the second couple. I, I want to get it out now early so we don't have to go back to it. But you guys like the horror movies quite a bit. And I tend to kind of roll my eyes a bit. When you are putting in the violence to hit the bullet points of what like the requirements of a horror movie require or whatever, yeah. it kind of makes me, it annoys me, right? But when you have the violence in there, because A, in this case, that's what actually happened yeah. in a slow, methodical way over the span of years. In the rest of the movies, a procedural, it's quiet, it's people talking when it hits, it really fucking it does. hits. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I was, I watched this with my girlfriend because she's never seen it before. We had to break it up in two 90 minute sessions because, oh, really? you know, of course, it's, you know, it's just, it's a long It's kind of like three movies in one. It really yeah. is. Yeah. It, it does. And it really is like each, like each arc, as far as like your intro, your middle end, could work as its very own movie. And so watching it, and I think it was about a couple of weeks ago, I rewatched Inglorious Bastards, right? And Quentin Tarantino's too long ago. Yeah, yeah, Quentin yeah. Tarantino's bagged on for his violence, right? But when he does his violence, it's so over the top, it's almost comical. You know, yeah, just yeah. for example, agree, in Glorious yeah. Bastards, you know, it's, when he's shooting uh, Hitler. Satirical. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's 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 pretty funny, but I even think, though it's gore and it's all over the place. Do you think but, he does that in a calculated way? Does he do it so he can get away with more, or does he do it because that's just how he likes to present it? I think it's calculated, and I think that's just how he wants to present it yeah. too. And yeah. it's so over the top and so crazy, but people like bag on it a lot. But just from watching this, it's a whole different now, feel. It's oh, just yeah. oh man, like it's definitely you're quiet you're watching the violence take place and you just feel unsettled when you're watching especially when it comes to the the murders i think it's at lake barisa or something like that yeah yeah with the second the second couple that and the one woman who ends up dying and so that's the water theory all these murders yeah, take place uh, the water the there's <laughs> the water theory the lunar <laughs> theory, yeah, yeah, theory. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but but the, but the idea that it's not just that he's stabbing and showing a lot of like gore or anything like that uh the first couple of stabs into the dude's back it, you don't really see it you just see him reacting yeah as he's yeah just hitting him but in with the back. her but I love, in her then it's that you idea. see the knife go in exactly her chest, her it, it's that idea that it's building up to you actually seeing the knife you're seeing how much pain that the guy is going through then all of a sudden the girl is going through so much more and it's insane yeah there is a calmness to the way he kills people and i guess that's historically accurate based on the witnesses but the scene that really gets me there's a couple that have nothing to do with whoever the killer is in the killing scenes that get me really really too but the one where he's behind the tree daytime by the lake yeah, we're safe here. This is a safe environment. We're just hanging out. Nothing's bad is going to happen to us. And then this guy just closer, closer, closer. And then here it is. And then there's the moment where you're going to, we're going to be okay. We can talk our way out of this. Everything's going to be fine. Take my wallet. Maybe I can get his gun. And then the violence comes. And when it comes, it's like, man, it's brutal too. It's it's, realistic and brutal. Yeah, you know? it's brutal. So, I mean, 
you have it even after like those 19, like the first murders on July 4th. And then you have the letters that come in. So you had like the letters, I think it's a Vallejo Times. Then there's San Francisco Chronicle. And I think like two of the examiners. So just all over the place where they send those letters in. Rush and to of course, the editor. And Zodiac's taking credit for previous the previous murder that happened too as well. Yeah. And so that's really where it kind of starts to take off as far as with the letter. And then even just with that murder of the couple on the lake too. And it's really weird watching this movie because every time I watch it, it's just I want to learn more about the case, about what's going on, because it is so oh, no. odd. That, how... Oh, no, Tyler. <laughs> I know, right? That, but that <laughs> is, it that's is... it, right? So we all have this sort of obsessive nature, or we can get involved with the conspiracy theory rabbit hole. Um, so, And I've been down the Zodiac one before. I've been down the Green River Killer is the Zodiac. Yeah. Or, or maybe the Black Dahlia Killer is the Zodiac, or all these people working together. I do think there is some evidence that there was more people involved here. Lots of people taking credit, and maybe they made contact with each other somehow, some way. Um, so it's possibility, but I who really see, knows? I want to see your crazy board name. Yeah, I got <laughs> yeah, it. It's pretty big, right? <laughs> but what I would say is, like, Fincher is one of us. You know, if we do that, he does the same thing. He's got a crazy board, and he wants us to feel that obsessive nature and the slow movement talking nature of this film is exactly that yeah. you know most films like you know even seven there's a conclusion to these things the genius of this you know how i like my romantic comedies when the couple doesn't end up together mm -hmm. same thing here when there is no answer it's even more frightening and even more realistic yeah i like so. uh what is that the uh the lead detective oh Toski. Dave Toski. Dave Toski. Yeah, Dave Toski. when he was uh when he was talking when are you gonna about... catch this guy bullet <laughs> <laughs> when he was on the stairway heading home and stuff the guy was offering it's a him brilliant performance by ruffalo who i don't always like yeah yeah but when he's talking about i don't know if i wanted it to be lee because i wanted it to be over i wanted to be over or if i knew that was him yeah and it's very interesting because they do he, that again with jake gyllenhaal's character but with not, rick marshall yeah, 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 yeah. Every, rick marshall, everybody yeah. wants to solve the case everybody right mm -hmm. the hard thing about this story is nobody ever does right so that's kind of what they're going at what i like is that these different people that got obsessed you know focusing in on jake gyllenhaal's robert graysmith but the cops too Everything the cops react to every time Jay comes and he puts the salt shakers down and he's got the answer here. They're like, I can't prove this. There's a natural skepticism to the police work, which is basically how police work has to. It doesn't really matter what I what you think. It matters what I can prove. Mm -hmm. Can we prove this guy did it? You know, and, and I think they get enough of that in this movie, which is really fascinating. Yeah, they even take a look as far as like with the police procedural and just how hard it was to catch this or even really to investigate it fully because it's just spread across from county lines to county lines. Oh, yeah. So you I had love was how much three... time they spend on how difficult it is to communicate yeah. between different They don't forces. have the facts, you yeah. know, stuff like that. Like, they don't have <laughs> Did you ever give that to the Vallejo in. police? Uh, we didn't think about it. You know, we yeah. didn't think you needed it. You didn't and ask just, for it. You know, what about the crime scene? There's no pictures of the crime scene. The patrolman just rolled everything up into a picnic bat or just right, rolled yeah. everything up. <laughs> and so you do get to see as far as like how complicated it was because Crazy. they didn't have all the information. Yeah. And it wasn't until when Robert Graysmith started putting everything all together is when you're able to kind of connect dots that nobody could really connect before because they didn't have the full picture. Now, do you guys it. ever think it's much easier to kill people back in the day? Than oh, for sure. Now? Yeah, all the time. Yeah, definitely. So <laughs> I've always thought like as a serial killer now, I don't do that well. But back in the 60s, I could have crushed. Oh, yeah. It. definitely. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Your stats could have gone way up. Like, <laughs> especially if all that future knowledge is like, there's no way. Like, <laughs> Shit, Even in the 90s, really, Kevin Spacey in seven, it was easy. For it was him just free reign. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, all it was. You can do whatever you want back then. What a what a time to be alive. And so, yeah, and you know, I really think it's interesting too, just because like you get certain aspects and you certain get you certainly get that feel where it's just like there's gotta be more than one killer, right? 
Like there has to be more than one, like what we talked about, where well, as far as there's, what he's doing is taking credit for. Credit. Other, yeah. I've always thought about We thought, you know, I don't want to get too far down. I want to focus on the movie than the rabbit hole. But oh, I went down the rabbit hole. I've watched millions of documentaries on this thing. Oh, this is the first episode there, of our conspiracy. There is yeah, there yeah. is some argument to be made that they knew each other, worked together, or maybe it was Rick Marshall and Arthur Lee Allen working together, so on and so forth. Right. But really what I think the Zodiac took credit for a lot of different murders and I, there's this competition. There's that narcissism of a serial killer. There's that thrill of maybe being, uh, maybe being caught. And I think that that's where it kind of gets messy. I don't. Mm. I tend to believe it was one person. Um, maybe it's one killer and one person who writes the letters, and they're not necessarily the same person. But other than that, I think it was one person. Now, because the two main people that they are have like prime suspects, is, of course, is uh, was it Arthur Lee Allen Arthur or Lee Arthur, Allen. Arthur Lee yeah. Allen? Who don't call him Arthur for whatever reason. Great, <laughs> great John Carroll Lynch by, is a, uh, yeah, he's so good. It. He crushes it. He's, this he, is um, we've talked about this a million times on a podcast, but casting, casting, casting. Yeah, it was so. This movie so brilliantly casted. Even like at the time, I remember thinking like Downey Jr. not on the upswing yet. Uh, yeah. This is after Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, after Good Night Good Luck, but really before Iron Man, which is a year to come out. Um, Jake Gyllenhaal, not necessarily up and coming. And Jarhead was before baby this, face, maybe, right, just before this. Uh, gotta so, have Bubble Boy. And, and, so. <laughs> and, and then Mark Ruffalo, who's always been sort of a character guy, uh, even as the Hulk, he's sort of like the side character yeah, no, in the Marvel is, Universe. Yeah. And, but even aside from those three main people, there's so many that guys and that girls in this movie. Yes. Like yes, I've seen him. Are. I've seen her. I know that person. And they all crush it. All crush yeah. it. So they all do. They really do. Uh, my favorite little bit of trivia is when after uh, the real Robert Graysmith watches, he's like, oh, I can see why my wife divorced me. Yeah. And so, yeah. <laughs> because, you know, you yeah, can see him side by side. Bed. If you go down the YouTube rabbit hole, you can see uh, Jake Gyllenhaal and Graysmith did some press stuff together. Oh, really? Uh, okay. So there's some interviews with them side by side if you want to take a look at it. So, mm. yeah, because that's when his book came out, too. Was, yeah. His book came out in two the books. 90s. Yeah. Or he did two books. He did two okay. books. Yeah. Yeah. So. Definitely this movie, like just the the whole crime procedural too, and even just like for example, when uh, you finally get introduced into Dave Toshi, you know, with the taxi cab Ta- murder Tosky. of uh, Toski, Toski, yeah, Toski, with uh, the taxi cab murder of Paul Stein, Correct. and you just have it where at first they think it's like an African American gentleman, yeah, and then you have it where he walks, man. yeah, he Gee, walks man. by, you know, the cops, and the cops don't think anything of it, and Which so is crazy. it is crazy just how many opportunities there were to catch this person, but it was messed up. Or wasn't done accurately. Yeah, but like, nowadays everyone has their camera phones and stuff. <laughs> it was <Do> this guy. <laughs> Do you think that uh, police work allowed him to not be caught? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Sloppy. I think sloppy police work and just like not. So doing not a mastermind, just bad police work. Bad police work. Yeah, he got bad. lucky. Yeah, he got. He <laughs> Even though he lucky. killed like what seven people. Yeah, he yeah. got lucky. Now in the Black Dahlia case with George Hodel, a lot of it they say was corruption because he had you know blackmail material and a lot of the police force. So they let him sort of get away with more than he should have. Um, this one, you don't think there was anything like that? You think it was just bad police work? Um, as far as from the movie standpoint, it feels like it was just bad police work. Because even when you have, and it's a great scene when you finally get to meet John Carroll Lynch, you know, Arthur Lee Allen. That's oh, amazing. And they're speaking, I guess, in the factory interview, kind yeah. of uh, the interview lunch area. Scene is incredible. It's and so well done. Just, <laughs> just where you have, I forget the actor's name. You have that guy, you know, the character one. You, Elias you Codius. Yeah, that's yeah, him, right? Yeah, Teenage Ninja Turtles, man. That's, yeah, that's, that's, that's my that's Casey him, right? Jones, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so is that him? <laughs> and yeah, that's CS, him? CSI, Law and Order. He's from Law and Order, right? He's, which, he's, which one was that guy? Elias Codius. He's the uh, detective he's from Vallejo, of, uh, I think. Yeah, he's, bald he's on top. This, yeah. Oh, he, uh, that's Casey Jones? That's Casey Jones. From the first Ninja Turtle movie. Yeah, yeah, man. Crushed it, man. I watched that movie like 20 times. He's great. Listen, if you're my age, that's the only Casey Jones you ride for. So he was the Vallejo 
Vallejo detective. I think yes, tar- yes, no, I know exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was from Vallejo, and then of course you had uh, Mark Ruffalo, and then Mark Ruffalo, Sergeant Jack too. Mullinax. Yeah. What a great Mullinax. Yeah, Mullinax. Yeah, yeah, what a great yeah, name, right? Yeah. And so just that whole interview scene, especially when he talks about like the knives he had in his truck or, he, oh or in his car. He's yeah, like, man, oh, that's from a chicken I killed earlier for for dinner. It's like the knives I had in my car with the blood on them. That's from a chicken I killed for dinner. Like so weird. Why did you bring that? And then he brings up like, oh, well, my neighbor didn't notice me coming home because he died of a heart attack. He was panicking at that moment yeah 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 you know he's touching his watch all that stuff and it's so weird because it's just like this has got to be the guy right yeah like the whole scene and you're just like this has got to be him i've watched so much law and order and when uh toski says all of this is circumstantial i'm like yeah it is all of that is is circumstantial only (laughs) yeah it's just convenient that guy was in vallejo during this time and the call stopped happening at this time all of it is circumstantial so (laughs) explicit warning but if only they had the semen database that's about it yeah (laughs) from super bad this if he if he had jerked off and then you know committed the murders (laughs) and there's a semen database we would have found it right right. maybe we would have had a chance but in that scene like i've always thought like fincher we know sort of tortured everybody. Robert Downey Jr. was pissed at him. Jillian Hall was pissed at him. He takes cut after cut after cut after cut when he makes these movies. And he says it's essentially to strip down like the actor's guard, right? Get the earnestness out of them and get them sort of annoyed like they would be in real life. Yeah. Um, so there is sort of a method to the madness, but there's so much going on in that scene when nobody's saying anything. When they look at the watch, when he mentions the knives and the guy just looks at the other guy and he just raises the eyebrow. Like it's incredible what's going on in that scene. Yeah, very good facial And then when work. he leaves leaves the room when they're just like fucking got him man yeah, yeah. this is the fucking guy like, <laughs> it's incredible what right is, it's emotional uh, what what's the actor's name who plays Mark Ruffalo's uh his partner Anthony Edwards from that's, ER and he's yeah, a man that's who it is that's okay I've seen him one of the I've smartest things in the movie. times also yeah, Animal Crackers in, yeah. the, in the glove from the nerds guys, movies you know? man Anthony Edwards yeah but, yeah yeah and again those little peccadillos of like what it would be like these guys have been with each other for a long long time and when he finally leaves the case the best thing about it is when he leaves the case he's gone man they yeah. reference him later in the movies like he wanted out let him go let him go because he doesn't want to be a part of this anymore mm-hmm. um, and I think that that's just like the passage of time the way like a case that you can't solve weighs on you because every year I think and it's not happened to be on his birthday when Paul yeah. Stein died is every year they were there at that same spot I think it was Washington and Cherry or something yeah, yeah, yeah. Cherry, all CGI yeah. by the way yeah that was Incredible. all CGI it looks yeah. good it looks great especially wow. like back then in 2007 CGI. I did not know that wow that's interesting yeah it's crazy 2007 yeah, yeah. CGI especially at that time I mean we saw Fantastic <laughs> Four we know how that oh, is yeah. Fincher, <laughs> Fincher is like kind of a master at using the CGI in sort of like an understated way remember Social Network with the Winklevoss twins and even Fight Club too Fight Club yeah, a little Fight bit Club's with it too yeah, yeah so well. all of them, C- cinematography was Harry Savides I think he did the Fiona Apple criminal video which I love oh, he also did the <laughs> game and the Harvey Milk movie with Sean Penn um, interesting cinematography because most of those scenes is like a lot of talking and a lot of like procedural newsroom kind yeah. of stuff. But then when they pull back and they watch the tower being built or the shots of, of the street signs, Washington and Cherry, or the movement of time in the city of San Francisco, like all that stuff is really, really fascinating. And it's a slow movie, right? But it doesn't feel slow to me. It we'll doesn't. Ask- it's... Like I understand, like the timeline is yeah, slow and everything, long. but they they huge it's time so jumps. quick though. Whenever they yeah. introduce the movie, because it, and it really is everything's fast paced. Yeah, was it long for you? No, actually, it wasn't. Two thirty seven. Yeah. I, I did. A, it's I a, did a lot break of it for you. I did break it up into two sessions, but initially, when you uh, Tyler, when you petitioned for this, you said it was three hours long, and I was already dreading. I was like, ah, oh, three hour long movie, man, that sucks. But I've always seen this movie before and watching it again, it flew by. Yeah. Yeah. It, it really does have a great flow too, because everything not only does it just kind of transition into one another, but 
you get to look as far as from the starting point and the end and just how tired the cops really are, especially with the obsession, because obsession is a main theme that plays in this movie. And you see it the most, of course, with Jake Gyllenhaal, because that is yeah, man. diving into the deep end and then so really coming sort out of, of like it devolving and, into the obsessed can we, crazy person. Can we talk about that first date? What oh, a terrible yeah. first, the first date. first date that never ended, yeah. Chloe <laughs> Seven, yeah, she's, a, she's brilliant. Yeah, What's man. that thing we talked about? <laughs> looming. Yeah, looming. You're doing that thing again. It starts with an L. You wouldn't but, make fun of me if you tried it. <laughs> but uh, that one line when they're in the phone booth and then she's like is this just like a sleazy attempt to get me into your apartment great I'm move like, right <laughs> yeah man you know what let me try that <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> actually that's how i got my wife my first wife <laughs> yeah your first wife that's it the first date that never ended so oh yeah and then of course you've got it where as far as like with paul stein dies and then he takes parts of part of his shirt or a whole part of his shirt he I'm took not, his whole yeah, shirt he took his whole shirt, shirt. Yeah. and so he yeah, had been yeah. he had been mailing it as to far as people, with to yeah. different people and so he had that blood-soaked shirt there for a while and of course of course uh paul avery there you go paul avery had gotten one too as well melvin yeah. belly brought the great brian cox and his performance when the zodiac calls oh, in yeah as the so therapist good. really intense really really well done and another that guy it, it is good. And then you find out the other kind of link, the other link as far as with the other murders, because I think there was one where he was a janitor and it was specifically with Arthur Leal, yeah, where he's yeah, a janitor yeah. at the school. And then, of course, they find out that he's a pedophile. And then they even go into where he was responsible for, I think, the nurses or another couple that had died in that area, too, as well. Mm. But it really does get complicated because it just spreads across, you know, from jurisdiction to jurisdiction. Yeah, and I think that's what benefited him the Zodiac killer going from each of these jurisdictions yeah. because again, communication was so difficult back in the day, messing them all up, having them to go through all of the red tape in order to, for them to get the files back and forth. Of course it would have gotten yeah. muddied. Other things that probably helped him too was sending the letters in because even though they did the handwriting analysis, it never really worked oh, out. Yeah, sure man. Would, man. I like Philip that. Baker Hall, another and great performance. Oh. <laughs> and so I, I like it as far as like with the letters, they give it all this attention. You have all these people coming in saying, I'm the Zodiac. I'm the Zodiac. You know, and you how have many, that uh, whole segment. How many suspects do you got? Uh, 50 and working on maybe 500 or so. <laughs> <laughs> why Why would people admit to all of that? Why would they want to they do just, that? Really, they just it's want weird. attention and yeah. narcissism. And oh yeah, they get thrown in for Prison for life. That's, that's why. <laughs> How about Dermot Mulrooney uh, shows up as Captain uh, Captain Lee? I think he's oh, great that's in right, it too. Yeah. For my best uh, friend, yeah, my best friend, yeah. almost a classic woman. But Daniel Logue is there's so many guys in here in this movie. Yeah, so definitely with the letters, and especially with that whole kind of, uh, I guess you could say that truth bomb when it comes with Arthur Lee Allen, when he's just like, yeah, but he's ambidextrous. Like he writes, yeah, yeah, certain ways yeah. with his left hand and certain ways with his right hand. But for whatever reason, it's just the, every time they took a writing analysis, that lead guy who was in charge of the writing procedure. He just said, it's not the same guy. It's not the same guy. And so you really had where, you know, they say, can you really just go off handwriting? Because isn't that's still circumstantial, no. though, isn't it? And so you just don't have anybody to tie him in. And of course, you know, just how he even wraps well, with up. The, with a little bit of evidence that they did have to prove anything. Because again, all of that is circumstantial. With the little bit that they have, that's what they're trying to key him on. They didn't have DNA. Yeah, you're right. And they had like terrible fingerprints or whatever, or a, a, a partial print of someone the that could have yeah, yeah. been something else. Yeah. So with what they had, that's what they're trying to pin him on. And because they couldn't, this guy is but, not caught. But when you're an mm -hmm. obsessive, you lean on whatever whatever you have. And yeah. then you sort of 
follow it to the nth degree, right? So the the handwriting thing leads to the great scene with uh, Bob Vaughn's, I think it's Charles Fleischer, um, that scene where he goes in the basement the of the guy. The most dangerous game, right? I yeah. Love oh, yeah. That yes, scene. Nothing so violent good. happens in that scene, but I'm scared out of my mind. And he's like, actually, I'm the one who makes all the posters, not Rick Marshall. And then you start to realize like the position of power changes, and Gyllenhaal realizes, shit. I might even be in the same house <laughs> with the fucking Zodiac okay. Killer. And what, so what have too, I done? Yeah. And if he's <laughs> it's not, a, it's a okay. masterclass in All filmmaking. Right. The <laughs> idea, though, that if he's not the Zodiac Killer, why is he creeping this guy right. the hell well, out? What's he creeping around for? Yeah. But again, like power. Again, human hum, human nature is so funny, right? Like when you have power, some people are just weird and they just flex, you know. And I think maybe that's the case there. I love that or scene. Is it, or maybe like, he was involved. Or, yeah, or maybe it was just an interpretation of his mind yeah. at that moment. But still, if you're not the killer, why would you make him feel afraid? I think I have almost, a basement. Like, <laughs> yeah. Not that many basements in California, right? I think that one of the things that I think about is from the opposite perspective. These people, Paul Avery, uh, Robert Graysmith, so obsessed that they will put themselves in harm's way to get the next fact, mm. to get the next clue, to keep it moving forward. That's fascinating. I love know? the scene where Jillahan ru he runs up the stairs like a kid oh, who's yeah, in yeah, the yeah. dark. You know, yeah. you just and run up he, the basement stairs real quick and get out. And, and you <laughs> look at that scene like when they when you when he comes in the door, you can see the mirror behind, and you don't notice, but he locks from the inside. Yeah, and then with the, to get it to you know five minutes down the road or whatever when he tries to get out of there. Yeah, and he comes up behind him. It's first of fascinating all, that's a terrible lock. Terrible lock. Terrible. That's Only creepers. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah that's so crackers, weird. Why would yeah. you need a lock like that? Double sided inside? lock. Yeah. yeah, forget it. All right, but second thing, what I wanted to say about this movie, there's a lot of information there. It's going through the entire like a lot of exposition for yeah. those who want to criticize, but, but it's so valuable. You no, know, I I like how it is presented. It's presented in a way that uh, certain things are going to stick out in your mind, and then the whole basement thing, like that, was mentioned early in the movie, yeah. and then brought oh, back yeah. in the end. It's there's a number of different things that happen that you're like, oh, I can follow this. I understand what's going on. And uh, the viewer is piecing it together. Yes, there's a lot of exposition, but it's not telling the viewer, oh, this guy, he's the one that you should yeah. be uh, thinking and is the killer. You know, the thing with the exposition, though, it's much needed. And even though it's much needed, True. it's very fast paced. Like it still keeps you entertained with the exposition because that's the whole thing is they're trying to investigate this murder. And I especially like it when Robert Graysmith, Jake Gyllenhaal, decides to start investigating on his own. And yeah. so yeah, yeah. it really does get deeper in there, especially when, you know, Dave Toshki, what is it? Toshki. Toshki when Dave yeah, Toshki yeah. is just like, well, I can't tell you fascinating to go down story. to, you that know, guy's got so a fascinating career. I, he's got a, Mark Ruffalo, I, I almost want to say, and I'd have to research it a bit, I think this is my favorite Ruffalo performance ever. Because I, when it I've seen this movie- 13 going on 30? No, it's definitely not that. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely not the Hulk either. Maybe rumor has it, I'm not sure. I got to look into that one again. But I think what it, uh, I think what it is, is that he has this, he has this carefree nature to him as a cop, but he's the guy that they based Dirty Harry and Bullet off of. He's so not like that in real life, obviously. He's got the bow tie and the weird trench coat. He's like uh, all about procedure and proving things. Oh, yeah, his he's style not, was, yeah. was dope. It was pretty yeah, weird, right? Yeah, and he also that has hair. that scene where he's like, hey, Toski, remember that time we met at the movie theater? I'm sure it was magical, man. <laughs> like, whatever. I don't know who the fuck you are. What do you want? You know, like, it's, it's really believable, you know, and very realistic. I think he is the glue that kind of holds it together. I've always said, and even the first time I saw it, I've always love this movie but the weak link in this movie is Hall's performance he's just so dang like boy scouty and you know the counter argument is that the real guy was like that but it was it's hard for me to believe that's the it's, sort of kind uh, of handsome Nick, it's Eagle Scouty. Earnest, 
Jake Gyllenhaal, yeah, Eagle Scout, right? Have I, you seen I, Bubble Boy? Yeah, I, <laughs> I it's know. Hard for I don't me know. To shake I can him see Gyllenhaal being. That. I almost think like when he devolves into the really obsessive part, it, it's not quite there for me. Um, but even aside from that, it's credit to the film that I love the film as much as I do, despite how much I sort of don't love the Jake Gyllenhaal performance and wish somebody else had it. Who would you wish had it? It's a good question. Tom Cruise. I, I, I've thought a few people. Chris Pine. Uh, later on, the timing isn't perfect there. Um, I thought would have been too handsome. Guy. I think for Chris. Pine. Again, a little yeah. bit too handsome. Uh, I'll give you one. Uh, maybe like a Joaquin Phoenix. I'll throw okay. a Joaquin Phoenix out because he's a little bit more mysterious, a little bit different. But again, he doesn't really fit the real Robert Graysmith in real life either. Um, I'd like to see Ruffalo in the Graysmith one and get somebody else in the uh, in the Toski in the Toski role uh, in the Toski role. Yeah. Yeah. You know. I am definitely a fan of Jalen Hall's performance like in this, though. I mean, just as far as like just how he's already weird to begin with. You already know that he is kind of quirky. Weird to he's got the quirky. big eyes. You know, I get that. It I like works puzzles, stuff yeah, like, like that, puzzles. you know, but it's just that whole thing. He's when he socially goes into awkward, kind of autistic in a way. <laughs> Asperger's or something. Yeah. So it's just it, it really is like once he starts kind of he decides I'm going to write the book and he just goes deep into it. He mm -hmm. just keeps on going. And of course, and I really like as far as like those, they talk about Rick Marshall. I don't think we ever meet a version no, of portrayal. We of only meet uh, no. his buddy there. But, you know, we find out from uh, I forget the guy's name. He was in Grounded for Life. He was in Got the Gotham series. If you saw him, you would recognize him. One of those, just yeah, like yeah, this whole yeah. movie. And so, but oh, Daniel Logue. Yeah, Daniel yeah, Logue. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I definitely the, really uh, like he it. The, he's not Vallejo. He's the other police. Yeah, he's the other one. I can't yeah, remember I can't which remember, one. Yeah. So, but I definitely like that inclusion because he mentions, you know, Captain his favorite Narlo, another yeah. great police yeah. name. He, yeah. he mentioned his favorite suspect, this Rick Marshall character, yeah. because of course they discover, you know, the code. Right. Yeah. And if they you deep dive, the, that's the library that's one that'll come up a lot. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's the library. It's the library books that are missing. It's the uh, mechanic or the, the certain type of boot print. That military library. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. so I really like that. Inclusion. It felt like there was more than enough or there was at least a good amount of things you could use a trace to find out who this was. It's just well, he stole the library book, so you couldn't trace it. So there is that. But well, I, Gyllenhaal. Well, in the movie, Gyllenhaal yeah. traced it by being able to find out that the books were actually stolen. Yeah, coordinated that was from a new, two different yeah, places. That was a yeah. brand new. That was a brand right. new piece of thing that they didn't realize. Which that is historically accurate for Grace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. everything so. that you needed to write codes. These are the basics. And but that's what but if you think about it from the, the perspective of Toski in the in the cafe with Gyllenhaal, and one of my favorite scenes again, where he's laying it out. I gotta be. You know, we both watch those Law and Order shows. Like, you don't have me yet. Yeah. It's not enough, man. It's yeah. it's good, but it's not. I can't even prove with the it. timeline too. It's really yeah. hard, you know. And you have to think of it like a cop. And I think Fincher is trying to wear you down in this movie to think like a cop, to make you sit there and be like, okay, I get all that. I still can't prove it. We can't go after him. We can't arrest him. I probably can't get a warrant. Yeah. So moving on, you all know? the evidence, and that's heartbreaking. You know, yeah. it's heartbreaking and such a like it's such a fundamentally even, uh, human thing to feel. You know, Mark Ruffalo talks about it too, where it's just like so much time has passed. There's yeah. just so people there's forget so little, things. But, yeah, you know, it's yeah. That's that's the it's, roughest part. It is. Each, it is. The further we get hard. away, the less likely it is we solve it. By the way, more people die in the subway, or what does he say in car crashes than yeah, this guy exactly. ever killed? Can we just move on, please? You know. Now, so. now, can I ask you guys a question? There's one part that I found was a little confusing. It was when. Uh, Toski was taken out of homicide. What happened there? So in real life, if you really want to deep dive, yeah, Toski they spent is, like like a good three minutes. It was on with the it. letter because it was yeah, really he, quick. A lot of people say that he wrote himself. I think it was two or three Zodiac letters. Certainly the one. I don't exactly remember how many they accused him of actually writing. He denies it. I think he denied it all the way till his death. Right, and um, basically that's what got him kicked off the case. 
So that they matched his handwriting with one of the letters that came in and said, because nothing had been going on and he had been sort of falling to the wayside, he wrote a letter to spark the interest again. Really? So that yeah. was the whole reason why he got, yeah, he, why he got off of it. Which is crazy. And there's that great phone call to, I think, uh, what's that actress's name? She's so good who plays Toski's wife. She's uh, usually in comedies. I just saw her in the long shot with Seth Rogen and Charlize Theron. Uh, she's really, really good. Uh, June Diane Raphael, I think is her name. You've seen her in other stuff. Uh, she answers the phone and she's like, can you just leave my fucking husband alone? Mm. She has this weird soliloquy and yeah, she just yeah. lets it go. Like, it's fascinating stuff. And then he Tosky shows up comes at her over house. and just hangs up. Yeah, it's unbelievable. So what What was the guy, the new reporter that took the place of... Uh, it's Adam having... Goldberg. Yeah, yeah. He just shows he, up. Another, yeah. yeah, another, another guy. guy. Like Saving Private Ryan, right? Private yeah, Ryan. A couple yeah, exactly. So what was his role in that whole Tosky thing? Was he the... the, the I don't know if he broke that story. I don't know if the San Francisco Chronicle broke that story or who broke that story. Oh, but what they were getting at in the movie was he was the one that wrote the article that was saying that Toski wrote it to himself. I don't I don't think that's what they got at. Did they get at that? I, again, it's, I there's thought, so many layers in the movie. I'm not entirely because sure. There was a there was a reason, though. The wife was saying, you work for the Chronicle. You work for the people right. that, like, you know, got my husband. Well, they of, wrote the story yeah, yeah. along with other newspapers once the news broke. But I don't know if. It was investigation by the San Francisco Chronicle that broke that story. Okay. I'm not right. sure. Yeah. So, so I, I was just wondering. I mean, it would, you'd think so because they got the letter, right? But I'm not entirely sure. It could have been other news outlets too. Yeah. Again, it, it's it's just weird though that, what is his name? Adam Goldberg? Adam Goldberg. Yeah. yeah. Why introduce him if he's not going to do anything? It, well, Tuffy Jennings is his name in the movie. And I think that's his name in real life. But it's really to show that Paul Avery's gone now. Mm. We haven't spent a lot of time true, on that Paul true. Avery character, Robert Downey Jr., how obsessive he gets, how he devolves, what his narcissism is all about. Is he pursuing the case because he cares or is he pursuing it to raise his stock in San Francisco? Or what is he doing there? Maybe it's because and then when he leaves, Goldberg comes in and it's really a good scene where he's just like, yeah, that guy went to some shitty newspaper and I'm here now. So he must have been a great friend. Right. Good for him. And just move on. Again, passage of time, and we're moving on. Yeah. So, so with the the Dave uh, Toski uh, letters, apparently he had kind of wrote them to himself. Uh, I think he he had wrote them to himself, but it, it leaked that he had wrote kind of a version of a zodiac kind of letter, but he had intended it just right for himself. I think for some sort of I think creative outlook or whatever it was. And then when it got released that he had written a version of the zodiac letter, it built and built onto that that maybe he was the zodiac. And he had wrote all these other previous letters or something to build up upon the fame of himself. So yeah, another, he's definitely not the Zodiac. Yeah, he's definitely not the Zodiac. Yeah, he's definitely. <laughs> but I felt but like one of those letters. They, I think it was just the one went to the San Francisco Chronicle. It was. Not? I think it was just the one that ended up going to the San Francisco Chronicle, I believe. And then they because it was just that one, they decided that maybe he wrote the most recent letters too as well. And so, of course, he became investigated and so on. So mm -hmm. but I'd have to look a little bit more into there, that. But. There's this delicate balance of like the narcissism of this case will lift my profile in the police force as a news journalist um, versus like, I really want to solve this case. And sometimes like they're not mutually exclusive, right? They can both be kind of true. Paul Avery probably just wanted to lift his profile, but he also started to care. And when he couldn't, that sort of he kind of pinned all of his hopes on it and it didn't work out for him. Yeah, yeah. And then he sort of devolves into the alcoholic and stuff and lives on a houseboat. So, you know, yeah. it's a bummer. <laughs> you know, it's kind of permission to come aboard. <laughs> it's definitely a little sad to see as far as yeah, like just rough. how messed up he rough. is because it is Robert Downey Jr. A great and he performance. Would, yeah. yeah. I mean, probably he's probably been down that road a couple of different times. So, <laughs> yeah, in yeah. real life, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so. Again, credit to uh, Larry, Larry Mayfield. She did um, those Netflix Marvel TV shows that you like, yeah. Daredevil, Punisher, and stuff. She was the casting director of this. She also did a couple of 
Fincher movies, but to catch him on the upswing after Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, it's really a perfect role for him here. And it leads right into what we know now as his Tony Stark persona. So yeah. before he becomes like Robert Downey Jr. Incorporated, this yeah. is like the last <laughs> real piece of him you can Mr. get. Mr. Doolittle right yeah, there. Yeah, and a so, real yeah. good performance where like, I thought, you, I think it was almost perfect. Probably should have been nominated for an Oscar. Yeah, this is definitely one where you just you just get so wrapped up in with the story. You want it. You want answers, right? You want answers. You want answers. Yeah. And just the answers that you get too, especially at the end when it wraps up. As far as when it does that time jump into the '90s, and you finally get to see that Mike Majo character kind of come back. It's great. He looks, yeah, man. And just how he looks. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I just kept thinking of Westworld, man. And then should have stayed away from Dolores. (laughs) (laughs) Just stuck with the white hat. So yeah, Yeah, right. But it is it is interesting, like because he points out as far as like Arthur Lee Allen, like, that's the guy who shot me. Like I'm so fairly confident that is the guy. Yeah. Like, 80, like, 80%, 80%, 80%, 80%, 80%, 80%, 80%, 80%, 80%, 80%, 80%, 80%, 80%, 80%, 80%, 80%, 80%, 80%, 80%, 80%, 80%, 80%, 80%, 80%, 80
So it did seem like as far as with all the other killings, like with the couple like at the park, that didn't seem to have any motive at all. Like there was no real connection there like there was with like Darlene. And then like at least with the mothers before that, they kind of happened in that same area where he was a janitor at. So right. he was he had some sort of connection with Darlene in those previous murders. So it might be where as far as like Arthur Lee Allen is responsible for that. But it's just so odd that there is no connection with the couple like that at the park. And they don't really dive into you know I, who the woman was other than that she had, you know, she had died. And you don't see that gentleman, her boyfriend, come back until after, I think, the uh, the appointment with the psychiatrist correct, or the, yeah. uh, that they broadcasted. Yeah, yeah. And so... Another but, great, incredible scene there. There's an earnestness there with Brian Cox's performance that I really like. Yeah, so I think it's... Don't forget uh, Brian Cox was Hannibal Lecter in The Manhunt. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he so. was Hannibal Lecter. So they kind of go into a little bit more. If you look on like the History uh, the history Channel, if you're not looking for aliens, you know, that built the pyramids or whatnot. Ancient aliens. Yeah, ancient That's aliens. It's always aliens. <laughs> Who was the Zodiac? Yeah. It was aliens. <laughs> ice, ice road truckers and ancient aliens, ancient. man. <laughs> what yeah, else do you need one. in life? Yeah, what else do you need? But there was, was uh, Santa Barbara. There was that one, the Zodiac linked to uh, student deaths. And yeah. so I think that was where Arthur Lee Allen was working as far as like with school, I believe. Um, or he had been connected with that. And I think it was a murder of a nurse too as well. Or that was possible Zodiac. Riverside. That was the Riverside murder. That's the Riverside. Yeah, that's yeah. Riverside yeah. where it's possible Zodiac. So, you know, it's just... Green there, River is another one. Yeah. That's a possibility. Depending on how deep dive you go. It's really here. It's Vallejo, Frisco, Barita. I think it's Solano are the four places where they're covering yeah, those are the forces four main. And with then, the seven... You know, of course, everything orders. after that, he starts taking credit after it comes into right. the newspaper. Right. And I think that's what makes certain things a lot harder as far as what he potentially has purposely muddying the water or yeah. collusion with other murderers. Now, now I know you guys aren't experts in the whole Zodiac case. We're experts. Or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> OK, for yes, you guys, we're not for, for you yeah, we'll experts, <laughs> then do you think that this movie portrays it well? Like lays out the information. Um, in I, think, I think it. Like, it to it's me, no documentary for sure. It's no documentary, yeah. but I, it's a fair question. I want to ask you guys about it because I've sort of made up my mind on it. What is the genre of this movie? What is this movie about? What is it about to you guys? I would say it's about as far as with crime and obsession. I mean, yeah. because the main thing it's it's serial killer. Theme. It's a serial killer movie. Yeah. Would you put it as a horror movie? Would you could you label it like like that? I would label it as more like your serial killer suspense. I mean. It is everything. If that somebody has, says I want to see a scary movie, would this be on the list? Um, if they're looking for something that's resemblance off of like cerebral. a real story, then yeah. I would say this is the one to watch. I would, for sure. I would consider this a buddy cop movie. Oh yeah, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> it's got the guy Philip Baker Hall was in Rush Hour, Turner right? He's Hooch, a police yeah, captain. You know, that's <laughs> it, yeah, Turner and Hooch, right yeah, there. There's a connection. <laughs> like there were there are multiple good pairs in this movie. <laughs> All you need is uh, the Scooby Doo gang. So they can you, solve this murder. So you don't agree with Fincher that it's a newspaper procedural? Uh, <laughs> You know, there's certain blends with it. It's very, it's very newspaper procedural. When I see Gillenhall, it reminds me of Mad Men a lot. It's fascinating how I much it reminds me of Mad Men. Men. This is like Mad Men kind of ends in the '60s, and I felt like this is ten years later. Don Draper could be, you know, yeah, because this doing is something here. This is, of course, it's 1969, and of course, the big thing that happened in '69 was the man was the Manson murders. Manson murders, and yeah. so really, it was with the Manson murders, and I would say even with Zodiac, the too, end of free was, love, the yeah, end of hippie. It time. was the end of a very, you know, it was the end yeah, of the hippie, a significant era. era. It really yeah. was, and so and then comes out hitchhikers, etc. You know, we we didn't talk about this, and I want to make sure we get it in the scene with the beautiful Ioni Sky from Say Anything, a Cameron Crowe movie I love, I ride for with John Cusack. Um, she's the lady with the baby in the car. Yeah. Another incredible scene where you don't really see any violence, but it's remarkably scary, remarkably unsettling. And the, ten the mm. tension is just masterclass again by Fincher there. And then even just the whole like, oh, I didn't know you had a baby. And then yeah. the more the merrier. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah, the more right? the, more, yeah. the merrier. Unbelievable. It's like, oh man, what's going on with this? So it, 
it really is just the whole entire story. It is crazy. It's not Tiger King, scary, you know, crazy. No, oh, yeah, yeah. Nothing yeah. is no, Carol Baskin. Yeah. Yeah. No. She's fact. my favorite suspect, Carol yeah. Baskin. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just the fact that this, you know, this murderer was just running around and was able to just, you know, turn everything into a nightmare. And so that's the biggest thing I get away from watching this movie is just, man, it felt like they really could have caught him, but he, it was just the jurisdiction there, and there, the information. I have, yeah. I have brought up work. I have brought up many times. It's at Fox. It was Fox, right? The Hannibal show with Mads Mikkelsen. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. That was, where yeah, it kind of showed like a lot of interesting ways where serial killers could work together. And I hadn't really seen anything cover that ground. Um, and it reminds me, like, could it have been done where they, they sort of collude? Chan, so. they, they take, they, they sort of, <laughs> yeah, right? Reddit, right? It's all Reddit. <laughs> they they can just borrow from each other. Like, you take credit for this one, I take credit for this one, or I'll take credit for yours, get them off your scent, and I can get a little notoriety out of it. Or they it. change the motive. Um, but, but there yeah. is something to that. And I think, like, that's a fascinating way to go. But, you know, ultimately, I still kind of think it was one person, so. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely think it was more. I mean, it's just... I really wish it would have showed more of the, of the Rick Marshall and the Vaughn, you know, because yeah. they, they mention it, but it, there's so much that it, it sometimes does get hard to follow. Bob I Vaughn just, was I pretty easy to cross out. I think he had some pretty good um, alibis I just, in his particular story. I just but. think that when you introduce more people into it, then there's more cracks that can be taken advantage of. I still feel like it would be only one person because if it was a team of people... I just hear there's going to be a moment where someone wants to take the credit for it. So like, yeah, there, with all this time that has passed, I feel like there was someone that would. And, you know, able because to the letters out. were publicated, you know, could you actually rewrite you the letters? Do you agree they should have published them? Do you think the San Francisco Chronicle uh, should have done that? I think publishing I think them, that's an interesting question now. I don't know, think it would happen. Now. It's hard because, you know, he threatens to kill people if they don't publish them. But also, too, the fact that they did publish it made it probably so much harder for story. him to actually get caught. And as a so, bigger story, it's easier for other people to get their claws into that story and spread misinformation or take credit. Yeah. Or, I'm the Zodiac, you know, yeah, like, yeah. I'm, and I'm it, another person. It could have been copycats right, and all that. Exactly. So, I, mean, I think yeah. there's a fascinating thing here that, you know, specifically with this movie and less so the case, Fincher, because of what he's able to get out of the performers by taking take after take after take, he's made an interesting serial killer movie that I think is mostly about obsession, right? There was a movie a year later with Clint Eastwood, who's famous for just doing one cut takes all the time in yeah. his movies and moving production around. Like in two weeks, we're done, wrap up shop. Uh, he did Changeling with uh, Angelina Jolie, yep, which I is a movie that. about really her losing her kid in the LA police department back in the 40s, I think, or 30s, they I think. It with a different Swap kid. it with a different yeah. kid. I'm like, no, that's your kid. And she drives her crazy or whatever. But it's really a serial killer movie and that's a pretty good movie it's nowhere near the level of zodiac but it's interesting to see two different versions the attention to detail and the clint eastwood one is pretty good but nowhere near the level of sort of exhaustion that you get for fincher zodiac yeah which i think is what he's going for there now i know you talked as far as like robert downey jr, robert downey jr. not liking fincher because of the yeah. massive retake he, uh, the but... rumor was that he left jars of pee along the set to protest how long they were there oh, doing wow. shot after shot after really? shot. Really? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> there's I mean, a lot they, of stuff if you just want to look into that. Do like, they, everybody was pissed. Do they still do you think they still hold some sort of resentment towards Fincher now? Or do you think it's more of a well I'm glad it's you it's an interesting me that question, kind of right? That so if we're just me, talking so. about the actors, I think Gyllenhaal prior to this did a lot of like different stuff. He did some romantic comedies. He yeah. did uh, Bubble Boy and things like this. After <laughs> this, he does like Nightcrawler, these more sort of subversive performances. Enemy is a weird one where he plays twins. Yeah. Um, so there's some weird stuff that he does. I think that whether he likes it or not, he sort of learns from this performance and changes. No, becomes I think a better so too, character yeah. actor. Because again, here he's very still Gyllenhaal, Ernest, 
pretty boy. He's in his shell. Yeah, still. yeah. Not, he's not now. I can see him doing other things, and it's more believable. So I think he did. I think Downey Prince Jr. Of Persia. Yeah, Downey Jr. is known for having like a lot of different takes on. Yeah, Prince Persia was yeah. brutal. But uh, <laughs> Downey Jr. is known for having lots of takes on things anyway. So I think he's a natural fit for Fincher. But again, like Fincher takes it to like the you know he's trying to break you. That's mm. his whole deal. Uh, check out Rooney Mara on the girl with the dragon tattoo. She complained. Uh, there's a lot of stuff where he's just trying to break actors. You know, That's trying to good. break that, break him down and get that. Raw <laughs> they make the big so. bucks, all right. Yeah, yeah. So they're able to do it. All right, but. What is your favorite? I mean, your favorite theory, Nick, is that there's just one killer and it's most likely Arthur Lee Allen, right? Because I like, it's I like Arthur Lee Allen as the main suspect. I like him as the killer for the most part. You yeah. could get me on something like he was in communication with somebody else. Right. But I think that for the for the seven, uh, you know, five murders and two people that survived those people, I think it was Arthur Lee Allen. Okay. Yeah, because even when the movie wraps up, it's basically implied that yeah, yeah. it was most likely Arthur Lee Allen. But they Tyler, did. I'm not the Zodiac, and if I was, I certainly wouldn't tell you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why like, would you even say yeah, that? So when being interviewed by police officers. <laughs> <It's> amazing, <right? laughs> and I think even at the end, they talk about the evidence that was found, like new DNA evidence for 2002, yeah, they tested but some it was kind of taken out. And I think, I think your question as far as like should they have published it is probably would have been a make or break if they could have solved it. And I think publishing it probably did the case more harm than actual good for them being able to solve that. I think that there's a link there between the school bus threats and his pedophilia, which is it doesn't get enough play in the yeah. movie, perhaps. But if you're a real sort of and the curator, too. yeah, exactly. Yeah, if you're birthday. a real curator of the case and the Darlene Farron thing, that's that's it, man. The first one where he's not an experienced serial killer yet, that's the one to get him at. And he makes mistakes there. And the idea that maybe they knew each other, he tells them in the interview, nobody calls me Arthur, they call me Lee. That's a great break in the case that Gray Smith was able to find. It's pretty convincing to me. Yeah. I think if he's not the killer, he definitely warrants prime suspect number one. Yeah. So, you know, prove that he's not, you know, basically you can't figure it out now. So prove he's not the guy. That would be what I would say. Mm. So much time has passed. Who yeah. is the Zodiac? You know, it's funny. I was wa uh, like I said, I was watching this with my girlfriend. She's like, I didn't like the ending. It was anticlimactic. I'm just like, well, I mean, like they never caught yeah. the guy. You know what I mean? You know, right. it's just I'll, I'll it. yeah. that's like, oh, and we found out it's this yeah, guy. It this don't guy. don't forget you know? Arthur Lee Allen points out the Zodiac watch. He, he you see the Zodiac yeah, watch he's wearing. Watch. And he points out the most dangerous animal of all in the interview. That's historically accurate. And it, Zodiac gave himself that name. That labels him as a narcissist. Later on, years later, Fincher does Mindhunter. This is before they have like a, a dictionary of information on serial killers. They haven't interviewed Manson and all these other folks. They don't know the mind of a serial killer leads to sort of like, or it's prone to narcissism and things like that yet. That's part of why they can't catch him. I think if this murder happens 10 years later, regardless of technology, because they understand it more, there's more copycats down the line, there's more information. I think it's possible they could have got Arthur Lee. And I still think he's the guy. Yeah, it's it's definitely got to be he has got to be him because there's just there's no physical evidence, but you know that it's no. Nah, you know what? You know what? I don't just I don't even believe that there's a Zodiac killer. There's no there's no <laughs> evidence. Fake out news, there. man. All of that Fake is uh, circumstantial, right Listen, now. Coronavirus <laughs> is a hoax. Everybody knows that. Yeah, so uh, I'm the Lizard King. All right, so <laughs> maybe was, that maybe that couple fell on a bunch of knives. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Anybody see Final Destination? I, that I rest my yeah. case. <laughs> so that's my theory that there is actually. No Zodiac killer. And well, as usual, you are a colossal <laughs> waste right. of our time. So um, let's wrap it up. I'll just leave one more question. Uh, favorite Fincher movie. What do you think? It's hard. It's hard for me, man, because I, I really, he, I, we talked about it before. If you make me take five directors, he's one of my five. I love so much of what he does. 
I didn't like Gone Girl. I didn't like Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Obviously, don't love Alien Three, although it's not terrible. Terrible. Oh, the, that's a whole different podcast. Yeah, it's a whole different that podcast. Right? I gave yeah. you the group. It's Social Network. It's this, and it's Seven. Uh, and uh, I'm sorry, and it's um, uh, Fight Club. Yeah. So maybe Seven. Kind of after rewatching it, I think maybe deserves to be in the bucket too. Those are the main four, and those are four brilliant, brilliant movies. I'm going to lean toward Fight Club still, but this is so, so close. Both Fight Club and Zodiac make my top 100 mm. of all time. So. It's all coincidence okay. aside, Robert. How can you be sure that Lee Allen is a lead from this file? Now, Vallejo is a small town, but it's not that small. How do you put the two of them together? This is a case that's covered both Northern and Southern California with victims and suspects spread over hundreds of miles. Would you agree? Yes. Darlene Farron worked at the Vallejo House of Pancakes on the corner of Tennessee and Carroll. Arthur Lee Allen lived in his mother's basement on Fresno Street. Door to door. That is less than 50 yards. Is that true? I've walked it. Jesus Christ. So? The prints, the handwriting. I'm not asking you as a cop, but I am a cop. I can't prove this. Just because you can't prove it doesn't mean it's not true. Easy, dirty, Harry. Finish the book. All right, let's move on. Rating. What do you guys want to give it for a rating and final thoughts? Uh, for me, so this is the second time that I've watched this movie. The first time I watched it the whole way through, I was very riveted. And I think it's better that way. Yeah. I know and, you guys broke it up, but I'm telling you, it's better to watch it straight. No, and it was good. Like It's interesting. Like I mentioned earlier, was that I was anticipating, oh, three hour long. Uh, this is going to be terrible. But as soon as I started watching it, I was hooked and I wanted to continue it. But by like halfway into the movie, it was like too late for me. So I needed to break it up to a second day. I did it by uh, necessity, not by choice. Right. And even the second time. You around, don't think it works better as a miniseries? Uh, no, actually, I like it as a movie. movie. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, I really like it as a movie just because uh, the way that everything is laid out, it's very clean and it's very easy for the audience to understand. And certain details stay in your mind as opposed to with a series, then they have to remind you in like episode four that you wake oh, up we, the next day and you think about it yeah right, yeah you know so uh I, I don't watch a lot of movies over i don't i don't rewatch a it's lot better of than law and order <laughs> <laughs> um and if i do rewatch a movie and it's able to hold my attention every time producer well ryan it, says i don't watch a lot of movies on this podcast it makes me really happy it's <laughs> 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 for the record <laughs> but for it to hold my attention as it did the second time through it deserves a pretty high rating so i'm going to give this an 8.5 8.5 yeah, is strong. 8.5. Yeah. Do you yeah. think it's rewatchable? Am I allowed to ask that? Uh, second time through? Are you yeah, going again? Pretty, would you watch it again? I probably would. I probably okay. would watch it again. Once a year, once it, every other year, yeah, maybe? Yeah, give it, give it like maybe a year or two for the third time. Okay, but, I'll, go, yeah. I'll go next. It's Tyler's choice. And I want to thank Tyler for picking an excellent movie. I Like I said, All I have All my movies it. are excellent. Thank you very <laughs> much. Definitely not. Yeah. Green Room, shouts. <laughs> uh, there's, there's some stickers in there. Just you know, Hereditary, uh, that was pretty excellent. You know what? I want to talk about that. We're going to bring that up at some point. But regardless, like, listen, I already said it's my third best for 2000 and 2009 decade. I think it's fourth or fifth for the 21st century. It is really a masterclass, a brilliant movie and uh, a brilliant uh, directing performance by Fincher. 
masterclass in casting, really good cinematography, surprisingly good script, even though Vanderbilt really hadn't done anything besides those crappy, amazing Spider-Man movies. So good for them. Their obsession, their attention to detail and their pressure on the Paramount studio really led to something special, even though it wasn't a financial success. I do think that like he really points out that humans have a hard time with things that are random. I think as time went on, the Zodiac just killed random people, made it harder for him to kill. And it's so hard for people to not get answers. They really have a hard time accepting randomness. And I think by the end of the movie, because there's no real ending, there's no conclusion, there's no answer, there's no arrest, like there is in Changeling or, or mm -hmm. you know, I think that that's the part that really haunts you. And that's what takes two hours and 30 minutes to get to. This movie, every time I watch it, stays with me. It's with me today. I watched it three, four days ago. It'll be with me a week from now, and I'll probably watch it within the next two, three months just to get it out of my system again. Like, I want to look it over again. I'll deep dive on the misguided internet research, and then I'll watch it again. <laughs> yeah. And then I'll be like, is it Arthur Lee? Sleep or, yeah, three days. Exactly. But, but, that, but again, like, that's part of being human, right? It's part of, like, we want answers. We can't rest till we get them. And I think the movie does a great job of that. For that reason, it's incredibly rewatchable. It's one of the godfather of procedural movies, I think. I get give it an 8.5 on the Shawshank scale, yeah. room to grow. It may end up in my top 10 someday, who knows? Because each time I watch it, I notice things. Like this time I really noticed the casting. I recognized all these people I didn't recognize before. Uh, last time I watched it, it was all the details, all the CGI stuff. Like, was that CGI or was that CGI? Like I didn't realize the street was all CGI. So those little peccadillos really make it rewatchable. Mm -hmm. It's hard to say it's Fincher's greatest. It might be, but for me, 8.5 on the Shawshank scale, I thank you for picking it. It was a you know, joy to watch it again. It's funny that you bring up the randomness because when Jake Gyllenhaal is working on with his colleagues, you know, his kids, yeah, yeah. and then he mentions the lunar cycle, how he hunts with the lunar cycle. Yeah, now all of a sudden like, we're getting oh, that in there. You know, that's interesting. Put that down, like, write that down. That's ridiculous, you know what I mean? That's, that's kind of an that's odd thing insane. to do is yeah, hunt yeah. with the lunar cycle, but... You know, it's crazy, but this is definitely showing an era where they just did not fully understand how this type of killer, how this type of person really yeah. worked. Yeah. You know, yeah. and it's, which is credit it's to Mindhunter. Yeah, it really let me, is. Let me ask you this, Tyler, because I know you're a Mindhunter fan. I have the same problem with Groff from uh, Glee on Mindhunter. He's so baby faced in that role in Mindhunter uh -huh. as I do with Hall in this movie. Does it kind of take you out of it? No. Or I, I've come to accept him in that Mindhunter role. Yeah. Just like I accept Hall in this role. Groff was but on it's Glee? funny that Fincher, he was. He was oh, on really? Glee quite a bit. Yeah, he's a, he's a theater guy. He's a theater nerd. That I guy. haven't seen Glee in forever. Yeah, it's so, a great yeah, show. You should watch it. <laughs> top, top 50 show of all time. Regardless, we'll talk about that another time. But regardless, like, it's weird that Fincher really wants to find an earnest uh, actor and break them down. Yeah. Uh, my question is, okay, you want to do that. Do you, does he succeed at that? Does Groff eventually become gritty? Does Gyllenhaal eventually become broken and gritty? I, I, that part, I don't I really think, know. I think the thing with Mindhunter, because with at least Zodiac, you're able to take more time as far as being able to break down those actors. You yeah. have the time to it's do that. It's a full story you to know, a certain extent. As far And you, you just work with them with one movie and you don't have to work with them again. As far as with the TV series, you got to work with them again for season two. And are your actors really going to be up on board for that? when it comes to season two and so on. Different directors for Mindhunter too. Yeah. He doesn't do everything. That's episode. true. Yeah. He is. A, I think he's a big writer on it though too oh, yeah. as well. Executive he producers. Like, yeah, right, a couple yeah. of different episodes, but Mindhunter is definitely one where it's just, it definitely takes as far as interesting because it's such a new way to hunt down this specific killer. And because it's so new, I think Zodiac captures this a lot better because this is such a new type of killer. It really is a modern day hunter for killing for those specific reasons it's because they're so new to that they don't know how to catch them. They don't know the really exact reasons why this person yeah, kills. You I know? agree. But, and, and you think Mindhunter is a, is a secondary piece to this movie? I think so. I think yeah. it's a build on. For I sure. think so too. I yeah. think it is definitely a build on. And I've been really excited. I've been really happy with Mindhunter. I'm kind of upset that we may not be getting a season three, at least not anytime soon. 
because they did let their actors out of their contracts with it because of just this is before coronavirus, but just yeah, because of how yeah. long it was going to take. So, but all in all, this movie, it's a good watch. I think it's great to watch if you haven't seen it, or at least watch with someone who hasn't seen it. I'd give it a really good solid eight. You know, eight, wow, it's, eight. now it's what was your what was your Silence of the Lambs? Uh, oh, I don't remember because it's a really good like comparison. An eight and a half, I think. Yeah. With, uh, okay. So you have of Silence of the Lambs ahead of this. I think I have Silence of the Lambs. I have ahead them of this. really close together. So, but really they close are together. they are very close, and I just I have a special place for you know yeah. serial killer stuff yeah. in general, and it is something <laughs> it is something enough where enough violence really for you in this movie, Tyler. That this is this is the moment when they're showing this as evidence in the courtroom. This is where they found all the disfigured stuff in my in my house. So. Where were you October 11th, 1969, I know, right? I wasn't alive yet. So. <laughs> you weren't even close. Yeah, not even close. Your not parents even probably there. were alive. All right. So we're just going to go ahead and move on to uh, We've Got Mail. So if you have a question, insane fan theory, or an episode idea, you can always email us at talkingflick at gmail.com. Talkingflick at gmail.com. So I got an email here from Christine who says, in your opinion, what movie deserves a remake? So who oh, wants God, to go too first? many jokers. Man. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I kind of... it's. It's not so much a remake. You could do it as a remake or a continuation. I had an idea for one last final Terminator movie. You want to hear it? Oh, my God. I can't believe it? this is where you're going. <laughs> after where I'm all going. Do, you want, do you want to hear it? You sure. want to hear it? Okay. Of course I do. So you do uh, Into the Spider-Verse type of plot, but you do it the Terminator. You <laughs> We've get, done that uh, already. No, 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 no. No, you <laughs> haven't. Kind of. No, Genesis, when? No. It's no. Kind of timeline conflicting. <laughs> That's not Genesis. <laughs> all right. That's all not right. Genesis at all. All right. Put we away the karate mats. Settle it's down. It's Genesis or whatever it's called. But anyways, you do Into the Spider-Verse type of plot line, but okay. you get the, all the other John Connors. Just imagine this. You get oh, Bale God. and Furlong working together. Bale will kill somebody on the set. Exactly. That's why you got to bring him back. You bring back that same <laughs> was that technician. Was McG did that one? Is that who directed that, that movie? McG? I think so, I don't think yeah. it was McG. Was it McG? I, I don't so, remember. Yeah. Anyways. Um, you do it one last one last Terminator movie. Oh, God. You do it into the Spider Verse. I did not you think bring, you were going there. You bring I am every single. Surprised. You bring every single John Connor back, and you have it make one last okay, battle so you, against. Okay, so you're going to tell me it's China. animated? I hope no. Oh no, it's not going to work, man. Yeah, I get bailed. It's going to cost like five hundred million dollars. It's going to make eighty. How is it going to cost five hundred million dollars? Into the Spider Verse would be an expensive movie if it was real life. If it into the real oh, action, yeah, well, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. I mean, yeah. you just you just get the concept of it. You know, you just get you get the different John Connors. How else would you say? Okay, the we have all, here's the thing, Tyler. So. We have already uh, proven this. Go back and listen to do uh, was that Resurrection? I don't remember the not Dark Fate, Dark Fate, Dark Fate, yeah, Dark Fate, yeah. Well, you're way off. That's, that's, that's terrible. Movie. Yeah, <laughs> but regardless, like we have already pointed out, people are not clamoring for that. Yeah. So well, that's a terrible plot, though. Even with Linda yeah, Hamilton. I don't think they're clamoring <laughs> yeah, anyway. No, but even with Linda Hamilton, it was bad. <sighs> even with Arnold, I don't think you know, the trailer for that movie was all that it's bad. It's all bad. It's all bad, Nick. It's so you all think bad. people want it, they're just not doing it right. I think they're just not doing it right. I'm I think sure they haven't that. been doing it right since three. I think so. that like something like the Matrix went further no, down. No, the Matrix is garbage. Well, I'm sorry. I, well, it's you just... that, <laughs> what happens is like we don't oh, necessarily man. care about that storyline anymore because yeah. we've gone past it. Uh, and I think people just don't really want it anymore. They don't yeah. care about the robot guy, her, the exoskeleton her... metal. We don't care about it anymore. Yeah, but even then, like we're just in a different computer glitch reality. I mean, that's played out so too. But all I'm saying is, if you were to redo it. That's the way you redo. I'm gonna. It. You bring it I'm gonna acknowledge what you said there. One. Disagree and change my answer because <laughs> based on what you said. So what do you, what do you what are you saying that you'd want to remake? Okay, so what I was gonna say, I was gonna say something totally different, but I'm gonna change it to James Cameron, something different. True Lies. Oh, True okay, Lies right. is a really interesting movie, really well done. Uh, the wife really gets an excellent excellent character role there. There's good options for side character. I can see Bill Hader in the uh, Roseanne's husband uh, yeah. role there. I could. There's a lot of things you could do there, and you could include today's like 
sort of terrorism line through yeah. it, right? So I think you could get something like Chris Hemsworth and the lead. Or you think role. like cyber terrorism instead I don't know, of regular yeah, something terrorism? Something like that. Yeah. yeah, but make it sort of funny and easy to digest and take your family to it. Keep it like in that PG 13 level. So I would go like Cameron, a remake. You know, I've always wanted this a different aliens, but we've seen Prometheus and other stuff going oh, Prometheus on. Prometheus is so bad. Yeah, it's, it's really, really rough. Bad. So I think Covenant let's let's pull better. back from the high concept stuff and let's do something like True Lies. You I know think what? that could I, be I a like, reboot could work there. I, I would rather watch the True Lies remake get, than get the Schwarzenegger be the yeah. villain, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You know what? You know what? You're, you're back in my good graces. All right, there yeah, we go. Karate match back out. Other than that, I was going to say Spawn. Though I thought we were we're ready for another Spawn, but I'm not. You have to do it right. So that's hard. Aronofsky could do Spawn if it wasn't in the you know well, cinematic uh, universe there, they were working on another spawn but i don't know what's happening i haven't heard anything on it for i a haven't heard while, anything about it no Todd director was going to direct the how spawn about moschietti from the it movies to do a spawn movie i think that could work <sighs> that second it movie though we could go really dark really dark with it you yeah know? that second it movie falls certainly the, the technology end. is there to do something better yeah. with it all right what do you got ryan i want to say i want to bring it back we need some quality children stuff from my day and i'm going to say land before time oh, they remake okay. that. all right all right you they know put what in i'm the okay CG, with that i really like the first one. like they make it uh, computer animated instead of just the regular hand like animation. the bugs life so, animation yeah maybe a little better than that a little better okay. <laughs> I don't like, like a pixar sort of uh, uh computer animation right. but i think uh i think that would be pretty good i, I thought you were gonna that, say free yeah. willy as soon as free you said yeah as soon as kids, i was like free willy <laughs> i really I, three yeah <laughs> i want there to be consequences i love the first free willy <laughs> i haven't <laughs> seen it it's excellent it's excellent i want there to be consequences within kids movies i want to have little foot's mom yeah <laughs> well, the Lion King gives you a little consequence. I think there's some of that. No, it's not the same. Not, not the same. same. It's okay, not the right. same. I want yeah. dinosaurs. We both dead, like consequences. So we're matter. used to that. We're used to that. That's a, that's a normal yeah, that's consequence. That's old news, right? Yeah, that's old news. Live action Bambi? Nobody calling no. for that one? You I think redo, that's, that's uh, in development. You redo Short Circuit. That's what you do. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, not bad. Not bad. Shouts to that idea. Johnny Five. Yeah. Johnny Five What was it? Is it Short Circuit 2 or where they got that? He's a white actor, and they put him in brown face to make him Indian. Are you? I, oh, wait, are you serious? Yeah, it was one that. of the. I think Whoa, it was. No, one I don't of the remember that at all. <laughs> Some things don't age well. Yeah. No. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. <laughs> oh. Oh my Let's God. remake uh, C. Thomas Howell's Soul Man. Anybody ever see that movie? No, I never he's saw it. He's a yeah. white college student who has to pretend he's uh, African. Oh, I've heard <laughs> of it. I've what? heard of it. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's go all in. Let's do it. Oh, man. Why not? Now's the, now's the time to do it. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my God. Okay, let's move on. Recommendations. Anything you guys caught over the week or the weekend that you want to recommend? Okay, so I want to recommend this. The time that I was quiet in the podcast, I was trying to look up this comedian. As I was watching Zodiac, it just reminded me of this comedian. He had a hilarious what? joke. Uh, <laughs> and he was in England, and he was on this uh, murder tour for... Uh, oh, like, Jack the Ripper? Yeah, for Jack yeah, the I've Ripper. Yeah, I've been on that tour. It's amazing. Yeah, and then uh, they don't disclose how many... Another uh, conspiracy yeah. theory there. Yeah, Jack yeah. The Ripper. How yeah, many murders, but at the end, the tour guide is like, and Jack the Ripper... Is said to have killed five people, <laughs> and then and then the comedian's like five people. What the hell? I'm on this tour. I spent two hours of my time to find out that this guy only killed five people in America. You don't get caught until you get 
10 people killed. <laughs> it's, it's how he killed them. Yeah. But uh, I forget what the comedian's this member name is. Get you. you remember we'll the, get, uh, yeah. the movie with Johnny Depp and oh, it's brutal, uh, In yeah. Hell's Eyes? Or what was it called? I uh, can't remember. It's got uh, Heather Graham is in it. It's really bad. But, yeah. but if I can figure out the name of this comedian, I'll give it to Tyler. He can put it up within the show notes. But, From Hell. Yeah. From Hell. That's what it is. From Hell. But From he's hell. a hilarious comedian. He had that. like three or four three or four albums that that came out and if the audience members if you guys know which comedian i'm talking about feel free to tweet me but i'll, I'll figure it out and i'll put it up and then you guys can check him out <laughs> hilarious so you recommended a comedian you can't name yeah. i really like it only uh, talking clip. I'm, I'm, I'm crowdsourcing the name uh, right gotcha. now right, that's more than enough well, you get some involvement from the crowd i dig it <laughs> All right. For me, I've watched some stuff. I It's been a little bit busy this week, but I did get to catch up on HBO's uh, Plot Against America. I'm going to finish it. It's not great. That's it's, the Lindbergh kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, Charles Lindbergh yeah. was president, uh, really about nationalism and how it can go wrong and if the not if we never went into World War II. Yeah. Um, it's rough. Is it's, it like it, another version of The High Castle? It's, it's better than The High Castle, but it's rough. It's really because it's so timely. It really just doesn't work for me. It doesn't make you feel good. Okay. So, but I I also caught the beginning of the show Run, which was the lady from Fleabag, um, uh -huh. kind of producing an HBO show with Domin Hall Gleason and Merritt. What's her name? Merritt Weaver, I think is her name. It's really really good chemistry those two. Uh, so I'll keep watching that also. But I did want to flip it on, flip the script a little bit, and not recommend something. I watched um, A Hidden Life, which is Terrence Malick's sort of World War II, a good German who sort of rejects the Nazi party, doesn't want to a volunteer yeah, to be a Valkyrie. soldier. Yeah, I saw. Oh, man. It's, <laughs> this is a three-hour sort of like he's big into transcendence and uh, you know nature and there's all these hard cuts. It's really weirdly edited. Rough, rough three hours of my life. So you sat I, through I, all three hours? I did. I watched oh, the whole wow. thing. And I, and I give him credit because I always think Terrence Malick makes beautiful trailers. He did A Thin Red Line. Like, again, another beautiful trailer. Um, he did The Wonder with Ben Affleck, Rachel McAdams. Always makes a good and interesting trailer. You think the movie's going to be good, but it's so weirdly constructed. I just can't ever get there. You want to sort of linger and feel for the characters, but he cuts away so much. It's so hard to do it. So I'm not recommending A Hidden Life. It would go on the disappointments list of 2019. Okay. So. Um, I got the, the comedian's name. His name is Kyle Kinane. Kyle oh, Kyle Kinane. Kinane. Kyle, Do I know him? I Kyle like... Kinane. So you check him out. Right now, we need to laugh. All so right. His stuff is hilarious. I'm in the mood for some comedy. Yeah. I dig it. I dig yeah. it. <laughs> so I caught a, another HBO documentary. It was uh, Atlanta's Missing and Murdered. So that covers the Wayne Williams story. And mm -hmm. they tie it to, uh, well, it was talked about in Mindhunter Season 2. So that was one of the big storylines with Mindhunter Season 2. Was is all it new? The um, it's been out for about three weeks now. I think they're maybe on their third episode. What's it called again? Um, Atlanta's Missing and Murdered. It's okay. over on HBO. I think you can find it like in the featured section too as well. Mm. Okay. But that's another kind of serial ki killer based thing where as far as like One with episode Wayne Williams, or... Uh, you know, I don't know how many parts it is, but okay. I think right now they're on the third part. So okay. I haven't looked as far as how many episodes it is. They talk about it a lot as far as in Mindhunter. It's the main thing uh, that the main kind of serial killer that they're hunting in Mindhunter is in that season oh, two that's is that Wayne guy. Williams. Yeah. yeah, that's right. So yeah. uh, that is that's one that's definitely interesting because it does look it's very big on race because it is Atlanta like in that time, of course, I think 70s or something like that. Early 70s, maybe. 70s, I, I yeah. Think, yeah. And so. That is one that is definitely interesting because when they had pretty much said that it was Wayne Williams, a lot of the community, especially the black community, rejected it because they they basically thought that it was just white people that were killing, you know, these black children. Pin it, and kidnapping pin it them. on a black guy. Yeah. yeah wow. And so, um, you know, what is interesting, though, with Mindhunter season two, I don't know if it's actually real, but they do kind of do like a little experiment in a similar city to Atlanta 
where they try to get a white person to try to abduct a, you know, a white cop to try to abduct a black child and then a black person to try to talk, you know, a right. black child. Yeah, they always want a black person. Yeah, so it's, fascinating, yeah. <laughs> it's, you know, especially in that type of neighborhood, I don't see why they would go with someone who they thought was a cop, you know? Right. So it is hard that they reject that. And there's, it, it's interesting. I got to give it a little bit more of a watch, but it's just, they kind of ignore certain things so far. Like for example, with Wayne Williams, they were able to tie him to it specifically with nylon fibers. So mm-hmm. they found like specific rope fibers that were in his house. And they also found specific dog fibers, dog hairs too, that were attached to the murder victims that was attached specifically to his dog. And then the rug, you know, the nylon fibers matched his rug too as well. So it's a little odd that they haven't mentioned that yet, but we'll see what happens with mm. it. So <laughs> it is HBO has been killing it with their documentaries. So I love I've, them. I've been, I love I've been, so many of them. I've yeah. been kind of going on the documentary train, but uh, <laughs> I'm gonna I'll put that on the list. I'm gonna watch that one. So uh, next week, what are we doing, Ryan? Uh, you know what? I was trying to figure out what we we're gonna do, but I'm just gonna go for it. We're gonna be doing Osmosis Jones. Osmosis right? wow. Jones! Wow! Oh, oh, my did gosh. not see that coming. <laughs> you look oh, disappointed, man. Tyler. I don't. I don't even know. I am disappointed. <laughs> I don't even know. I have serial killer movie, ever. right? Ever. Well, we need a hero right now. We need like to deal. <laughs> Only with... one man can Only answer the call. Man. <laughs> is that Chris Tucker? Or is that? No, that's a uh, Chris Rock. It was Chris, a Chris Rock. Chris yeah. Rock. Okay, okay. okay. To Chris deal Rock. with COVID nineteen, we need one. Bill Murray too, right? Yeah, Bill Murray. Bill Murray's in it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So now you're getting. Now you're raising an eyebrow. Well, well, and we haven't done like a kids movie. There's somewhat kids movie, uh, which a little bit. Which of... is weird because we have Tyler here, and he's yes, basically a little baby. Yeah. I'm the so uh, we'll we'll give this a go. We'll see if uh, we can crack the case and figure out. Sure. How to... I remember watching the TV show. Like it's been so. Long <laughs> is it based off of a TV show? No, no, no movie TV show and then TV show. show. Okay, yeah, gotcha. movie and then TV show. I don't think Chris Rock was there for the TV show though. No, he was not. No, he was not. He was like kidding. No way. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ryan, where can we find you at? Hey, if you like listening to my voice or you just want more content, I do another podcast called Dragon Questicles. You can find us on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you don't own podcasts. But if you just want to follow me, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Ryan underscore dot com. That's Ryan with an I underscore D-O-T-C-O-M. You can always find me at realwatchability.com, top 10 movies of the year. You will find Zodiac number three in the top 20 movies of the 2000 to 2009 decade. Um, you can hit me up on Twitter at RealWatch. As always, we're Talking Flick. You can follow us on Twitter at Flick underscore Talking. And if you really like us, you can always leave a review and a rating if at whatever... you're going to rate us. At whatever podcast app you listen to us on. Uh, we also have Patreon where you can donate literally any amount of money and you can access to other content. Send us a piece of a bloody shirt. Yeah, we'll take there it. you go. That's it. And a uh, Halloween card, I guess sure. you could and say. A cipher, yeah, maybe. Yeah, 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 why not? Yeah. yeah, why not? So I like books. Yeah. I like to read. I like sure. to read. I like to crack puzzles. Yeah. I like puzzles. That's, so. that's the same thing, man. <laughs> Looming. Looming. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll have a link for everybody's stuff in the, the description. the ascot he wears. <laughs> Incredible. We didn't bring that up. Okay, keep going. All right, finish the show, Ryan. Hey, that was Talking Flick and we will talk at you next week. I look forward to the day where police officers are no longer referred to as pigs <laughs> thank you <laughs> <You're welcome. laughs> sorry i wasn't your guy <laughs>